0: Gentlemen, welcome to Cartridge Club. The first rule of Cartridge Club is, you do not talk about Cartridge Club. The second rule of Cartridge Club is, you do not talk about Cartridge Club. Good morning, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh my god. (laughs) You (laughs) You are listening to the Cartridge Club Podcast, a monthly game club where we pick a game, play it, and have three community members on the show to talk about it. I'm Player One, and I make up 50% of your hosting duo. My brother, Player Two, rounds off that pairing, and we'll be hearing from him momentarily. Before we do that, let me introduce our three guests. First up, from the Narc Podcast, the only adult man on the planet who has seen less movies than my 12 year old daughter, John Strawberry Payne. Welcome to the show, Strawberry. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
0: th- <laughs> thanks for being here. <laughs> oh. So, uh, why don't you tell our listeners about uh, the NARC podcast and about uh, your love of games. You have one yeah. or two, I believe.
1: I, yeah, I got I one or two games. Uh, the NARC podcast is a podcast that I do with uh, two of my good buddies, uh, Chris and Rip. And we're a bunch of NES freaks. And the three of us have a full license collection, uh, apart from Stadium Events. And I think Rip's got... Pretty much full, unlicensed collection as well. So, I mean, our podcast, we basically just talk about games and other retro stuff, movies, and uh, sometimes pop culture stuff that's happening around at the same time. So, yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a great show. My brother and I, uh, we were happy to be guests on there for your first trivia episode, and I believe we won that. Uh, I think we beat you and Chris.
1: Pretty sure every guest wins that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I figured Rip would at some point give you guys a heads up on what's coming, but he does not none <laughs> so uh where can uh, our listeners find the narc podcast and more importantly where can they find you
1: yeah you can find uh the narc podcast at n-a-r-c actually i have no idea what the podcast one is it's uh, at, it's at n-a-r-c, N-A-R-C, N-A-R-C podcast, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on twitter and instagram and uh you can find me at n-e-s-p-a-y-n-e that's n-e-s pain
0: that's right um so anybody who hasn't listened to their show, you should go back and definitely listen to the episode that we're on, and you'll find out why it is that we call John uh, Strawberry (laughs) Payne. That's not a story for tonight. (laughs) All right, so next up from our local gaming scene and one of the trolliest tweeters on the Twitterverse, we have Rael. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure being here. So Rael, why don't you let our listeners know uh, who you are, what it is you love about gaming, and uh, why it is that every tweet you make elicits a response from somebody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm just a dork um,
2: <laughs> uh, I don't have a podcast in my name Or anything of the sort I just do I just collect uh, the. I occasionally do Some graphic design and stuff For the, uh, the local game store uh, Just an IT guy um, Most of the things I elicit uh, Responses to is because I tweet a lot of politics And if anything will get someone riled up Is it's politics
0: uh yeah i don't think it's fair to say you're just an it guy uh prior to the show starting here we all commented on the fact that there is a full-size buster sword hanging behind your head right now that you built yourself so that
2: that is that is true
0: (laughs) yeah i I worked at a call center before and the guys in that it section had a hard time building relationships let alone swords (laughs) (laughs) take that it (laughs) (laughs) well well we're happy to have you here and uh so now we're going to go uh, for our last guest. It is another first-time guest. He rounds out a trio of club versions that we have here tonight. He is from the YouTube channel of the same name. I'm happy to introduce Matty J Mania.
3: Hello. Happy to be here.
0: Well, Matty, tell our friends, uh, Matty J, Matt, I'm going to struggle with that all night, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> let, you, uh, let our listeners know where they can find you and uh, just how close you are to a complete NES collection.
3: Well, uh, they can find me on my YouTube channel of the same name as you mentioned, Maddie J Mania. Um, that's also my Twitter, my Facebook. Um, and I also have a podcast. It's R is for Retro Podcast. Um, we haven't recorded an episode in a while due to the holidays coming and then laziness. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do some more of those. Um, complete collection for Nintendo. I am nine games away, two licensed nice. and seven unlicensed. And the two licensed are stadium events and Nobunga's Ambition 2. I'm sure a lot of people will ask, so.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> um, so anybody who's listening right now, uh, if you're a fan of the club, Matty J is a, a fantastic guy. He has probably the best thumbnail photos of anybody I've ever met in my life, um, so if you have an abungus Ambition 2 that you just have kicking around, uh, you can go ahead and send that to him. Uh, I don't know his address or anything, but if you find him on Twitter, I'm sure he'll happily tell you where he lives.
3: I absolutely <laughs> would.
1: That, that's actually super funny. That was the last one that Chris needed, too, for his license, other than same events.
3: Really? Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Huh, look at that.
1: It's just such a random game. Yeah, yeah totally random. I'll,
3: I'll probably never play it other than, like, five minutes.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter.
3: I,
1: know, I have no idea if mine even works. Yeah.
0: I uh, I bought a new 3DS XL today that I might never open. Is that the
1: Majora's Mask one?
0: It might be. <laughs> you, you didn't buy that one in the microwave, did you? Uh, well, they said it was hot.
1: new hot selling 3d
0: so that's our three guests folks Uh, i'm sure you right now if uh if you wait for the podcast every month to find out what game we played that's weird but if that's the case uh, i'm going to turn it over to my incorrigible brother player two he's going to tell us a little bit about the game that we played this month i'm sure completely off the top of his head or through his own independent research
4: i actually forgot to go and uh okay yeah this month we were playing a uh Unique and quirky little uh, JRPG from the 90s, Earthbound. Now, uh, a lot of people know this for being uh, a bit rare and a little bit pricey uh, in terms of uh, Super Nintendo cartridges, uh, but mm, not really sure why, I'm sure we'll get into that soon, though. But uh, yeah, this came out in 94 in Japan, 95 here. Um, it was developed by Ape Studios, which as heck isn't known for doing much other than that over here. Did they, they, make, uh,
0: did they make Donkey Kong Country? Uh, no. Is that an ape joke? An what? Ape joke? Oh, maybe, yeah. It wow. Yeah. Did wow. It go? Didn't go over. Not even a wow. chuckle. All right. No.
4: Good thing you're editing this one. Maybe you could put some laughs in there.
0: Well, one of us needs to edit something.
4: <laughs> anyway, moving on. We're playing Earthbound. It's a quirky little JRPG that uh, definitely mm, I missed. Um... I'm wondering if everybody else here played it back in the day or not. Uh, P1, I'm pretty sure I know you didn't, so I'm going to start with you. Did you play this back in the 90s, or is this your first time playing?
0: No, I uh, I did not play it in the 90s. Uh, we adopted the PS1 fairly early, I think, um, if memory serves. And uh, I think we missed out on some of the later stuff for the Super Nintendo, and our parents uh, had, a, had a, uh, a sort of a weird habit where they wouldn't buy us games that were in the $5 bin at Walmart. Oh, <laughs> is that a slight? Was that a slight on Earthbound? What? No, no. Wow. But, uh, you know, I would definitely remember Final Fantasy two and three, and Illusion of Gaia, Secret of Mana. They all ended up there, uh, stacks upon stacks of them. You know, being used as thrones by the the stock boys. Wow. <laughs> Moving on.
4: <laughs> Maddie J, was this your first time playing Earthbound, or did you play it back in the day when it first came out?
3: It was not my first time playing it, but I also did not play it back in the day. Um, okay. It was definitely one of the first Super Nintendo games that I tried to get when I started collecting. So I think the first time I played it was about five years ago, something like that.
4: Oh, really? Okay. Just out of curiosity, what was the price for it five years ago?
3: Um, I want to say it was probably around like the $100 range. Okay. It's not what I paid for it, but...
4: But it's still... Okay. So and it I seems to have what held on to that price range. I, I mean, I remember when it was loose cart we going for 250 at one point it was absolutely ridiculous um yeah but anyway uh mr uh mr realist was this uh, your first time playing or uh, did you play it back in the day
2: i did play it back in the day i had a uh, cousin uh who had all the fun toys and uh he did have a copy of earthbound with the strategy guide and those really awful scratch and, sti- scratch and sniff stickers
4: oh were they bad <laughs>
2: They were intentionally bad, like there was one that was like, "Oh, this smells like pizza, and then you'd smell like the barf character, and <laughs> ah, right. guess what that smelled like <laughs> um, they they were awful, uh, but uh, no I uh it was it's been so long though it probably would have been I'm trying to think I, I'm thinking I'd be around seventh or eighth grade wow. so but yeah, no, I definitely played
4: it back in the day okay did you like it back then out of curiosity
2: i absolutely did and part of the worry here about the challenge of playing it again and and defending its honor was <laughs> uh how much of it was going to be rose tinted like nice. was it going to be terrible right. uh and i was just remembering it as being good but no yeah. i very much enjoyed it back then aside from the scratch of sniff sticker that okay that's still gotcha. All
5: right,
4: okay uh <laughs> how about you uh john is this your uh, first time through or uh <laughs> i think i already know the answer but did you play this back in the day
1: I did. Uh, I was a really early RPG adopter, actually. Um, I started playing, I think Final Fantasy for NES was the first one I played. So uh, when this one came out, uh, I remember seeing it and I was like, this box looks stupid. And it was in Blockbuster. <laughs> and I picked it up and looked at the back and I was like, oh my God, this is an RPG. So oh. I rented it. And at first, I didn't really like it because it was really cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, I mean, I rented it for three days, so I was going to have to deal with it. Right. And uh, I think after about an hour or two into it, I really started to enjoy it and started to like it for what it was. Um, I think it's probably my most replayed game really? that, I, that I've ever had. Uh, I've owned probably about 10 to 15 different copies of it over the past, you know, 15 years. Right. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great. I love it. So, you know. <laughs>
4: would, you, would, would you be willing to say that it is your favorite RPG
1: uh, it's really a coin toss between this and Final Fantasy 7, but ah. I find that Final Fantasy 7 has not aged well at all, um, mm. and 16-bit graphics, are, like the character graphics of the NES, or Super Nintendo, rather, are, are just really pretty to look at, and yeah. uh, the polygons of Final Fantasy 7 are kind of garbage, so uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to go back and play it now.
4: Yeah, sprites sprites do tend to age a little better, I guess. Eh? Yeah,
1: definitely, absolutely. That's, and that's the same way I feel about you know Final Fantasy 6, of course. So
4: Right. All right then. Well, with that said, let's get a little into uh, into what Earthbound is and uh, and what is an RPG without a great storyline. So, let's talk a bit about the story. The game opens up mm, with you waking up in bed, and there's a, a meteor that has crashed into a hill nearby you. Um, so you hop up out of bed and and you go to investigate. That's essentially how the game opens up. Um, you run into a talking bee. Talking bee tells you he's from the future, and that uh, the world has uh, fallen into, into destruction by this uh, evil force named Gigas, and that's sort of the uh, the basis to uh, the start of the game. Um, what did you guys think about uh, the storyline overall, especially the, the to, to grasp you in the starting? How about uh, how about you, Maddie J? Did you uh, did you like this storyline right from the start? Right from the very start. Um
3: I was kind of like iffy because like I said, I played it as an adult and it had so much hype. And I'm like, is this game really going to live up to this hype? Because I hear people either like love it or hate it. So I tried to go into it with an open mind. Um, Right from the start, I thought the one thing that was like super cool was because like I'm a big fan of RPGs and turn based RPGs. The one thing I thought was really cool was you're you're a boy. You're just you're a kid you're not like a knight in medieval times trying or you're not trying to like save a princess or anything like that so that was kind of like my first impression of it was oh okay this is something totally different and um almost right from the beginning you like can pick up on the game's quirkiness yeah um but i think like the longer you play it the more the quirkiness sets in but that like that just initial quirkiness you're just like what what's going on here you know right
4: (laughs) yeah fair enough It, it doesn't take long to grasp the uh that shock that oh my gosh i'm in a you know a modern day setting this isn't a fantasy setting i'm in a i'm in a podunk town you know middle america nowhere and uh yeah it certainly uh is a shock you don't see too many rpgs like that what did you guys think of the modern day setting how about you john what did you think of that
1: uh, that's what I always kind of thought was really neat about it, because at the time you had futuristic, and then you had, you know, medieval settings, um, but nothing had really been done to that point yet. I always thought it was really kind of neat, because, you know, your weapon's a baseball bat or a yo-yo or a slingshot, right. uh, Paula gets a frying pan, and, uh, it's just something that hadn't really been done up to that point, and we see it kind of sometimes now, but they're still kind of futuristic-y, there's nothing that's really followed that kind of, that kind of story cycle. Yeah, so. That's true. Yeah. It's just, it just it's that's why I think it makes it so neat.
4: Yeah, it certainly is unique. Um I I'm, I'm struggling to think of one that did it just like this and and, and even this is what, twenty five years later? Nino Kune. It, well, <laughs> but that's you're swept into a world that, you know, you're Not, only in
2: but, go ahead, Willis. Oh hey. Oh, older <laughs> games I think would like in terms of older it depends on if you'd want to consider Star Tropics an RPG. I think it's more of an action adventure.
4: Right, right.
2: Contemporary you got the Personas which occasionally jump into that um Persona 4, one character uses a folding chair as his weapon. Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, but at the same time, you got the the guy with the two knives, and he's pulling them out and showing them off in the middle of a mall, and you're like, yeah, that that wouldn't work. That yeah, wouldn't doesn't add up here. Yeah. The, the cops come, and they're like, <laughs> <right?"> <laughs> and the game is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think Persona is the only one I can think of that regularly has a
1: modern, contemporary setting in a JRPG. Yeah. That's definitely the, the biggest one for sure. Uh, and they're not really open world like Earthbound is. Even though it's no. a linear open world, it's still an open world. You can go back
0: easily and... True but
1: it's, yeah, it's very... True
0: it's that. that reality of openness. Even the Final Fantasies, right back to the first one, are like that. It's, it is open, you can go where you want to go, but it is linear to the fact that you have to go to certain spots to advance the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. True enough. At well, the help- same
2: time, it's one thing I found with the uh, Earthbound was if you look at a final fantasy game you got the overworld and you got the town maps right and earthbound is no overworld uh, right. everything is is the same scale so you actually walk through a tunnel through a, a highway over a bridge to get into a city and it just makes even though there's probably fewer towns in earthbound than in most rpgs it's only like five total six right um that feels so much larger because everything is the same scale
1: you ever try to walk from three to uh, four side? Jesus! Oh yeah, it takes a while. <laughs> I have, I have, yeah. and, and then uh, and then they give you a bike, and you're like, "Yeah, I can fly with the bike." Oh, oh, oh but you're carrying a teddy bear. You got someone following you. Oh, Guess not. so upset! Yeah, so upset! <laughs> yeah. Here's a free bike. Better throw her into the, the deposit box. But you get to ride it at the end of the game
2: through a swamp if you want to. Mm. <laughs> oh, I even—I
4: never even thought of that. <laughs> the second I got that teddy bear I was like well I'm not going to need this bicycle ever again because then you get your next character but uh, yeah,
0: that bike it it really when you think about it (laughs) that's a huge risk to take putting it in a modern day setting because RPGs are as everybody knows they're based off of tabletop like role playing games that's what the RPG means Um, and that's all fantasy that's wizards and warriors swords and sorcery you know what I mean and that was all the genre was up to that point really there was no other thing it was it's an rpg so it's got swords it's got magic it's got fantastical creatures and they took a real chance taking us out of that environment and putting us in a setting that was more recognizable that you know wasn't something that you had to go into the woods and pretend you were there it was something that you would walk out your door and you would actually see i mean minus the talking insects
1: (laughs) (laughs) right amongst other things yeah i'd like to pretend that that risk was the reason it didn't sell very well but that's just a rpgs here in general <laughs> yeah at that time at that time period i mean it did really well in japan now so
0: mm. yeah that's true yeah if it didn't say square over here it was uh, it wasn't moving
2: and on top of that like especially 90s north america in the 90s everything had to be lame extreme stupid right and and your earthbound is not lame ex- like it's not lame extreme stupid it's it's colorful, it's cheery, you got little kids. Yeah. As a character is not a big
1: burly guy with pouches everywhere, you know? <laughs> the, the music's so happy and upbeat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's
3: right. Yeah, it's not radical. Exactly. The, aesthetically,
2: it was like nineteen fifties sci-fi horror movie.
4: Yeah, good point. <laughs> well, what did uh actually you guys brought up a good point about um how this was sort of sold and, and marketed over here. They had those, that oversized box that the, the game came in. It came with a built-in guide and, and as you said earlier, those those stickers and all the other things. Uh, do you guys think that that also hindered it, or do you think that that would have helped it? I, I mean, clearly they thought it would have helped. What did you think, Matty J, of, uh, of that huge box and everything that came with it? From think what pretty- I
3: remember and what I... No, like now i believe it was still even like a little bit more expensive like in the big box i think it was like 70 or 80 dollars originally and um i mean if you translate that to like today's currency that's like 100 over 100 dollars you know right Good. Point. i also know because i have it i have it somewhere i don't have it in front of me um that like the advertising for it Kind of didn't let you know what it was. I know bef- we were talking about like the scratch and sniff snick- stickers. Mm-hmm. And that's what the advertising was. It was uh-huh. like a, it was a scratch and sniff ad. Um, and they were all just like gross advertisements. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> they were all like like really gross, and they didn't really like give you insight to what it was. and I think that I don't think that helped it. you know no, I don't think that
4: not. helped the game. Well, like what John said earlier, he he had to pick it up and turn it around before he could even discover even an idea of what it was. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's an RPG. If only they had actually marketed it that way, maybe it would have caught a bigger and, audience.
1: And if they had like said, like you know, in those ads that you know, this is not just a game; you're getting a player's guide too. Because at the time, player's guides were still what twenty four right. ninety five. And um, I mean, has anyone ever tried to get through Moonside without a damn player's guide? Because damn, and uh, yeah. I mean, I can do it now, but the first time I went through, uh-huh. it's impossible. Like, it's one of those. I feel like it was required to come with the game, and that's why they did it. But they should have been put more advertising
4: on that. Right, right. There, there were uh, two points in the game that because I played with Oda guide, and uh, I got through Moonside, but it was no easy task, and it was a headache. But there was two points in the game where I didn't have it, and and <clears throat> and it frustrated me to no end. <laughs> when I found out what I needed to do. Um, we're going to get into it a little bit later on, but I, I can definitely see why they should have promoted that, that game guide was in there. Yeah. I'm sure it would have helped uh,
0: at least a little bit. So hold on. Are you guys saying that Nintendo made a marketing mistake? Huh. Amiibo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <coughs> uh, let me open this new
2: 3DS. <laughs> no, I have one of those. <laughs>
1: Oh, I got it last Christmas everything after the <laughs> DS
3: <laughs> I I also everything. don't remember it being like featured in Nintendo Power at all either and that's yeah. where like huh. you know that's where you got your game information as a kid you know there was no internet um, other than the playground it was like what's on Nintendo Power what's in Nintendo Power you know it definitely wasn't on a cover um, but I don't even I from and maybe I'm wrong but I don't even think they did like a You know, usually they'll do, like, the first two levels or something, like a four-page overview or something. And I don't think there ever was that for Earthbound.
2: I do remember an Earthbound Nintendo Power thing. I just don't remember how much it was. But I I do agree, almost all of the marketing, all of the push of it was how gross it was. Like, that was what they were selling. Look how gross this game is. Buy this gross
1: game. This gross game (laughs) is awesome. Yeah. It's not even a gross game. It's just... it's yeah.
3: Yeah, there's really, like, nothing gross in the game.
0: Right? It's it's almost like they were trying to cash off the uh, popularity of uh, Garbage Pail Kids. I think that was it around the same time.
4: Was it really? Hey. Oh, wow. Gross was in at the time, I guess. There's hmm. also,
2: like, a lot of kids' programming, especially Nickelodeon programming, involved a lot of
4: grossing out. Right, true, true, like true. Like all the
2: slime and stuff.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You
2: can't
0: do that on television. Right, right. Oh, that's classic for you. so poor marketing in a modern day setting (laughs) yeah uh, anyway the game
4: opens up and and you you don't you have the option of then choosing the name for all of your characters um this is one of the only things i actually looked up online i had to know what their actual names were before i continued on because i didn't want a secret of mana uh, catastrophe like last time anyway the game starts up and you have to choose the name for your characters which i thought was strange so I had to go and look it up because when I did Secret of Mana, I didn't do that, and I ended up with really
0: stupid names. It turned out. See, this uh, was this was one of my favorite things about this. I got to cut you off here, and oh. I played it on the Wii U eShop, um, and I know you played it on the cartridge. So, does the cartridge not have the option to say I don't care? Because when you go, and uh, this yeah. is okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: and selecting "I don't care" will will give them the correct name. The, yeah, there's yeah. a list of I
0: think five different names it'll randomize through, but the first option for each one is their correct names, and it is every RPG that allows you to name a character yeah. should have this option. If there's a if there's an actual name for these characters, you should give me an option to hit "I don't care" or hit "actual name." Because that was...
4: Right, actual name is what it should have said. Yeah, sure.
0: because that was uh, that was a huge thing. Because like, like you with Secret of Man, I, I, I had to have the real names. Yeah. And uh, being able to do that was... Uh, well, was that's that? good
4: to know. Selecting I don't care will give you their correct name. Yeah, so uh, and that, that started way, the
0: game off. I was like, oh, yes, this is one step in the right direction. This game is totally worth $200. Well,
4: that makes you wonder, <laughs> is there anybody here who likes... <laughs> is there anybody here who likes naming their character a different name?
0: Yeah, that's a good question.
2: Nope, no, uh, I've been me... playing Link and Zelda since the NES. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. it's, it drives me nuts. One I, exception: I like the proper name.
3: the The only reason I like it in like a game like this is, in general, no, I don't. But um, for like this game, I will play it with my kids, and they like to have their names in the game. Uh, that's uh, nice. So they like to point. like pretend they're that character, which I think is great. You so, should. Uh
0: discipline your children because they're wrong
3: <laughs> I, I was gonna say
1: that's why i don't have kids
3: <laughs> well it's just a way for me to get them involved in like a single player rpg which has right. to be like you know pretty boring to just sit there and watch for the most part as a kid but then this way they're involved and they're not bored at all
0: this they're was all about it you know what this would almost be like aimed at this would be like a children's starter rpg because it's real world, so it's stuff they recognize. They don't have to try and wrap their head around like difficult concepts that can be difficult, you know, like with uh, swords and sorcery and stuff like that. They can name the character after themselves. Like, there's a good chance your kid has a red baseball hat, you know. <laughs> True. Like uh, they probably have a bat. Don't let your kid go outside.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. the, the very first time I played through the game, my kids would um, they would like come home from school and just be like, Dad. Will you play Earthbound? And it's for us to watch. <laughs> they were like so excited that's about awesome. it. So, yeah, it was. And actually, um, when when I beat the game the first time, my son started crying. And oh, he no was way. three years old at the time. And I was like, Why are you crying? And he was just like, Because I'm so happy.
4: Oh,
0: and I was man, just like, wow, that's awesome. I mean,
4: I don't know what to say to that. That's so great. That's a great you know? moment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that really is. That's awesome.
4: Now uh, I see strawberry pain down there. Uh, it's got something there, in its hands.
1: Yeah, I just—I'm uh, pretty sure there was. There was actually a feature on Earthbound in Nintendo Power. I just—I <laughs> just happen to have it here. So John's holds <laughs> up
4: the Earthbound. Uh, what is it? A it goes spread?
1: No, it has got a spread and it goes through uh, one at Tucson, winners three, Dusty Dunes, okay, four Good. sides, Summers, Dollum. It's got pretty much the whole game laid out. It goes yeah, deep dark desert, the Lost Underworld. It just like looks like all the pictures that get taken, kind of done like a clipping spread, but okay. it's you know it's gonna it's like eight pages. So, so they, they did do so something. Totally it's wrong. just <laughs> I I didn't I didn't think they did either, but I was just Googling it and I was like, oh well, they did. I just to have the N- Nintendo Power right next what, to me. So
4: what issue is it? Uh, 73. How many do you have just laying there next to you?
0: I I'm, I think <laughs> it's I think it's amusing that you had to Google. To see if it was in the book next to you. <laughs> I got issue well, 73 I get, here. I wonder if it mentions I have, Earthbound. <laughs> I, have I have
1: 120 sitting next to me. So. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. Nice. <laughs> nice. I had to make sure I had that one.
0: If uh, If there's any you're missing, let me know. Because uh, when I was down in Virginia, Rip gave me a huge stack.
1: I'm Actually, I'm getting rid of all mine. They just take up a room. They smell like old magazines.
4: Oh, I want them. Um, we'll talk later, though. All right. So uh <laughs> game starts out. Uh, you go and you talk to this bee and he tells you you got to go and collect uh, melodies, these eight different melodies um, from different points around the world to make you stronger, something <laughs> of that nature. Uh, John, or, or actually uh, Mr. O'Neill, because I haven't asked you in a bit, would you like to sum up the, the point of these melodies or, or maybe uh, uh, what it's all about? Well, the
2: it's it's... A little ambiguous, but the idea being, it's basically the spirit bomb from Dragon Ball Z. Ah,
4: oh, good point. <laughs>
2: your 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 character has to to call upon all the nice love the 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 nice things of the earth. See, um, it, it 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 assembles a melody that was played when you were a kid, I believe, because there's a there's a flashback where you see yourself as yeah. a little baby, and apparently that's a throwback to something from Mother One, which is like a a nurse uh, a song i was reading this up <laughs> a song that uh, guy was raised with or something oh. um, so guy was actually raised by humans uh, oh. in a very messed up kind of way uh, and that so there's some idea that perhaps the reason the melody in- strengthens you so much is because it brings up this memory of guy mother who is you know uh Titular to the first game. um oh, very interesting.
0: <laughs> oh, Mother, I get it.
2: Yeah. So, so the first one,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, I, like, I I really <laughs>
2: want to play Mother One <laughs> now because I've I've been uh, reading up on the story on Mother One. And it sounds awesome. Wow. Now I want to play it. Huh. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, uh, Gaias was apparently raised by humans, and uh, or at least by a human, and I uh, he he holds his parents. It's like the last thing he really loves. Oh, okay. Uh, by the time you see him in Earthbound, he's gone mad. He's just crazy, super evil. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, so basically, you collect these melodies that assemble the the the, the song, yeah. and when you assemble it, you get you basically get buffed. You get super maxed out. And the idea is, you're it, there's some call out that it's like
4: the energies of the world helping you fight against Guygas. Right I like the Spirit Bomb reference. I think that works. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really interesting. And, and you know what? You made a good point that we should have mentioned earlier, is that Earthbound is actually a sequel. It's the first one we got out over here, but it is actually the sequel to Mother, and, uh, and this is actually Mother 2 in Japan. We don't uh, have any listeners in Japan, though, so that's not going to matter. <laughs> what about... Oh.
1: They, they actually had referenced uh, Earthbound for NES in a Nintendo Power Edition. It was supposed to come out, like, the next month, and then they canned it. There's oh, a full, wow. complete prototype. Yeah, Earthbound oh. Zero.
2: Um, or Earthbound Zero too was a full uh, English translation of it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Earthbound Zero,
1: and uh, yeah, there's there's actually a few prototypes kicking around that are fully translated. Interestingly,
2: the uh, when they did the Earthbound, so if you find the leaked Earthbound Zero script, they had adjusted the year that Earth that Mother took place in, in a way that might have hinted that Ninten, which was the the main character, basically looked like Ness from Mother, right. might be Ness's father.
4: Oh wow! Because you never see him in the yep. sequel that <laughs> and and Ninten
2: in the uh, and uh, Ninten's dad on Mother uh, discovered or researched psi psi that was actually from the aliens that guy is from.
1: Oh my so gosh! This is... But, but is
2: like a powerful psi person.
1: But if you if you go by the actual like the line uh, the storyline or no the years that are the the original ones, isn't it like? He'd be closer to being a brother than a son? Yep, but when they
2: did the Earthbound Zero translation, it was like they retconned the year. Oh, huh. So that it it would have fit as if Ness was a child. But they're not sure if that actually was his intention, but they they did make Earthbound Zero take place earlier than
4: it originally did. Very interesting. Um, Just out of curiosity, um, um, have you guys played the original... um, John, have you played? it? I know Rael just said he hasn't, but have you?
1: I've just started to actually. I picked it up uh, a translated Game Boy Advance version of it, so I've been playing that.
4: Oh, very cool. Uh, how is it? It's hard. It's oh, really? Hard. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's actually the one I have actually has uh, the uh, the English one on it, so it's got like the easy mode ring, mm-hmm. and I got that and put that on right away because I've tried to play it before and it's just it's brutally
4: difficult compared really? to uh, Earthbound. So, oh. yeah. Now I really want to play. That sounds awesome. <laughs> how about uh, how about you, Matty J? Did you play the original yet? Um,
3: yeah, I have the original on a actual like a, I have it on the GBA cart, which I haven't played yet. But I have it on the um, the translated card, and I have the Famicom cart, which clearly I can't play because I don't speak or read Japanese. But <laughs> yes. um, kind of like what John was saying, I tried to play the original Nintendo one. It's not like I couldn't play it. I just it's literally like. You take three steps and you're in a battle. You take four steps, you're in a battle. It's so grindy. Old school dragon quest. It's and I don't mind I don't mind. It's it's worse than Dragon. It's worse than Dragon Quest. Really
1: wow. (laughs) It it reminds me of like Dragon Quest and like Final Fantasy One. So like the slow tech speed of Final Fantasy One when you're in the battles mixed with the difficulty and the grindiness of Dragon Warrior. (laughs) And he can't adjust the tech speed on Mother?
3: uh i don't think so I, I maybe you can i don't know so i didn't i didn't get very far and i haven't tried to play it again for a couple of years so maybe I, maybe i'll go back and check it out
4: okay cool yeah i'm definitely gonna to check that out i love that this story might uh have a good tie-in too i think that sounds great
1: yeah you actually go to magic camp really really early in the game
4: oh cool cool hmm. huh all right well uh p1 have you played it
0: no, no, I have not. Um, have you played this one? <laughs> I have. See, I uh, I started out and, uh, you know, I had Ness and I went to the crater and <laughs> I did the stuff there. And then uh, I was exploring uh, it or Onit. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Um, sure. And then I wasn't sure what town to go to next. So only there was a it, clue. It's a
1: hallway simulator. You go down.
0: <laughs> yeah, There's I got two uh, in the name. Yeah, so I googled <laughs> what I googled to see what the second town was, and uh, it was Tucson. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Which I do think is uh it's a nice little tip of the hat to uh the traditional RPGs that we had mentioned, because uh, as I wave at my shelf that nobody else can see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because those towns, there was always a certain order of the towns you had to go in, but when they're named Rivendell and Excite Land and stuff like that, you never know where you're going. Um, <laughs> but if they had just named them one, two, three, then we wouldn't have had any problem. Right. Um, yeah, so I did that. It sounded uh, like you still had some problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, uh, it is hard. Like, there is a lot of grinding in it. Because uh, uh, you start off and you're playing the first part of this game and you're just Ness. Like, there are other characters. Uh, you pick up uh, a girl named Paula. And then there's others after her. I never met them, because um, <laughs> I uh, I had had my fill at that point. But uh, it's really tough. Like you have to beat that guy, Frankie Flipburger, or whatever his name is. Um, he's like the head of that gang in the in the first town, and that takes a little bit of grinding to do. And then you fight uh, a lot of those uh, purple sure. guys or the blue guys, yeah, and the sharks, yeah. That's I think Frankie runs the sharks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go to Tucson, and it's the all the the cultists and Happy it's... Habism
1: cultists. Yeah, actually, I want to put yeah.
0: that uh, for Luke
1: Clutch Clan. Yeah, the yeah. blue
0: <laughs> <cults>. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it is really hard, and I mean, luckily, it has uh, a super rewarding combat system, so you don't mind that grunt. Oh wait. Oh, what are you trying to say? Nothing. I'll wait for. I'll wait till <laughs> gameplay.
4: <laughs> oh.
0: It's on, boy.
4: <laughs> well, you made it to Happy, uh, Happy, Happy Village, is it? Or
0: uh, Yeah, that's... Is that Happy Valley? I can't yeah, remember. and then it's Tucson after that.
4: No, it's Tucson first. You were right. Oh, I mean... okay.
0: I made it... To, well, I got to that Happy Village. I uh, <laughs> did what I had to do there. I got my eraser.
4: Okay, well, what, why don't you tell us a bit about the cultists? Or actually, what did you guys think the first time you walked in there and there's this cultist place? What do you think they were trying to... You think there's an underlying message there? What do you think they were uh, trying to say? I there? am
1: pretty sure that Rip had said it the best. Okay. <laughs> or not Rip. I'm sorry, Real. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Real. suppose that's true. What yeah, did yeah. you call it? Sorry.
2: The, the Blue Klutz Clan. Clan. <laughs>
1: That's And I think that that's what they were trying to push. I, I 100% agree with that.
4: Well, I was just expecting P1 to edit that out, but now that it's in here twice, it's, <laughs> it's staying. <laughs> But no, you're right. I mean, I
3: I also get the sense that it was um, kind of like a combination of that and also like maybe a shot at like uh, religious cult groups too, like the extremist type ones.
0: Yeah, like everybody should be happy, but we should all be the same. And if you are the same as us and you're not happy, you're wrong. I
2: I think I remember reading somewhere that even just the fact that he was like the, the color and everything was referencing some kind of movement in Japan for a while. Like, there was some kind of purist-type cult in Japan, or at least a a weird political party or something. Um, But the suits were obviously clan-inspired, and the best thing—I didn't even notice this. I was kind of live-tweeting as I was playing this, and I put out, like, I'm fighting the Blue Cluts clan. I have a little picture of uh, one (laughs) of the the cultists, and a person came back, and he mentioned the— because it was obviously a Klansman suit, like just a repurposed Klansman suit, the localization team added a pom pom at the end of the hat. Ah, yeah. So if you look at it, it's a clan hood with a pom pom. I believe there's it a just swastika. just much so much better. <laughs> there's a
1: swastika or something like that, and like later on in the games, like you get the pencil eraser and like the eraser eraser. But I think like the eraser eraser is actually like a swastika in like. The Japanese one or something like that. It's yeah, something there, weird. They a, they changed it because something like that too.
2: There's huh. a Buddhist swastika, right? That the yeah,
0: yeah, with yeah, the actually or something.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the the Nazis reappropriated it and they flipped it around.
3: Their yeah. their hats also in um the Famicom one, I believe, say HH on them, like right in the front, mm. and they oh. took that off because they thought that that looked too much like a swastika. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> I bet, but I bet they make a killer cup of Kool Aid.
5: <laughs> oh, uh, Rex! Like, that? uh, oh that's God. great. Oh yeah.
4: yeah. Oh well. But yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, Tucson happy happyism and P One's whole experience. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, just out of curiosity, P One, what uh, what got you off of uh, off the wagon at that point?
0: I there was it was a uh, a trio of things, a Triforce, if you will. Of uh, deciding <laughs> factors, it was uh, the was combat. Like the, yeah, I was starting to like it. The combat, <laughs> I uh, I had had enough. Um, yeah. I'm a I'm a fan, uh, as you know, of turn based combat. I love turn based RPGs, but when you miss somewhere in the range of thirty to forty percent of the time, you're the only combatant, <laughs> and you're fighting four or five enemies, you know, or three enemies. It's just a grind, and to give you the option to choose auto battle, it doesn't even feel like I'm playing it. But it, it seemed like that was the only option you could pick to even win some of these fights. I, I think that that is based
1: on the virtual console version of it. And I've heard other people have this exact same problem. Um, Adam had mentioned that same thing before, is that it's a constant miss system. And I don't know, because I remember back in the day, if you pirated the game and you downloaded it as a ROM... It it made it so you missed way way more, and it made the enemies have way more HP and you do less damage. And I'm not sure if that happened when they ported it to the uh, Wii U or not. But I didn't. I don't find you miss at all in the game. Like I mean, every once in a while, there's a percentage oh. calculator that has a missing system. But I uh, oh, I, I
2: actually looked this up <laughs> when uh, when Adam complained about this uh, to me too, and I was playing it on the VC and I didn't have the miss issue either. Uh, but I I started thinking why this would have. Why are people running into this? And I found out most of the enemies at the start were, for example, the spiteful crows, uh, or they're basically their airborne enemies. And your first weapon is a low hit percentage baseball bat. If you switch to a slingshot, so if you if you try to attack a spiteful crow with a baseball bat, most of the attempts are actually misses. They actually hmm. will miss the crow most of the time. If you hit it with the slingshot. Most of the hits will actually get through.
0: Is there, uh, is there a method to fast change your weapons, or do I have to stop, open my menu, and manually change it before each fight?
2: You can actually change it in battle by using the item.
4: Um, a quick... Uh... Like, I, I, I looked this into this because uh, P1 was telling me about the problems he was having. And I was fine until later on when I picked up the Casey bat. I don't know if you guys know anything about the Casey bat. The, the Casey oh, yeah. bat is designed to miss. <laughs> yeah, but When so, it hits, oh, does it hit? <laughs> it hits hard. Yeah, but yeah, man, does it miss. Anyway, so I, when I picked up that Casey's bat, I was like, I have to look this up. I must be having the same problem as my brother. Um, and I looked it up, and it turns out that every weapon has its own percentage of missing and some of them are higher. And actually the slingshot's kind of high. It has an 18.75% chance of missing. So that could miss quite a bit. And especially if you're the only one in the group, it would definitely, but uh, it just seemed cruel to me when I got that Casey pack. <laughs> I was so pumped. I was like, Oh, I hope this is a rare drop. I got it from this, uh, <laughs> disgusting monster. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm so strong now.
1: This is super rare. I broke the game.
4: i was so happy it
1: has a high hit
2: too like it's it's a it it has more damage than the ultimate weapon of the game
1: but it misses so often yeah it's like once at every i think it hits like 20 percent of the time or something stupid low
4: yeah it's really low i ended up switching back to my fist because i dropped my other bat that i had on me i was like (laughs) well i got i got i don't need this anymore and i am out of room in my inventory like always so I'm just gonna switch to this and drop this. So I had to use my bare knuckles for the rest of that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that journey. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one that's always at inventory space. <laughs> oh yeah. no! That's... Yeah. Oh my gosh! And trust me, we're definitely gonna get into that. But first, let's talk about Zombie Threeed. So after Tucson, you go to Threed, <laughs> and it's full of zombies, and it's kind of like a uh, you know undead Halloweenish level, which is it was pretty cool, especially after coming from Happy Happyism. It was uh, pretty neat. Um, but what did you guys think of three? How about, uh, how about you real? What did you think of, of three?
2: Three? I found, um, three was hard at first. Like you don't expect it, the, the enemies get a significant buff between Tucson and three, uh-huh. um, where like the little, the, the little marionettes hit you a lot harder than, than any of the enemies in the town before that. Um, to the point where you, if you didn't know any better, you'd think maybe you skipped a town or you, you actually went a little crazy. Um, it was a lot... I Did
0: you think, say that maybe I skipped a town? It's called Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but there's also Happy, the Happy happy yeah, place jammed right. in there for no reason. <laughs> and yeah. who knows,
2: there could have been a Tucson and a half. <laughs> <laughs>
1: was I supposed to get off the last bus stop?
2: South Tucson. <laughs> but no, it, it was a lot harder... Um, it definitely took a bigger toll on your party uh, than, than Tucson did, or Happy Happy Town did. There's like Handsome um, Jack and Handsome
1: Tom or whatever, those guys? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. there was some
2: weird stuff. Like, it wasn't... This was definitely a town that... Uh, it's one of these cases where the strategy guide would have been very handy, because right. even what you needed was be, was weird, because you needed to have talked in... You had to make sure you had the receiver phone from Apple Kid, because he was going to have to call you. You're going to have to do that anyway for the pencil eraser, I think, anyway, but... Yeah. Um, Apple Kid would trigger if you left the central tent uh, and tell you that he had
1: the... Or no, you had to beat something, and then Apple Kid would give you the zombie paper. Even right. before that, though, you have to go up and see the two zombies that are standing by the gravestone. Yes. And they so come nice. down and you need to walk. And then like, once you do that, you can see the hooker going to the hotel the hooker, and you're like, Hey, right. what's up? I got my girl with me. Let's uh, get this going. And you, uh, would, you
2: wouldn't know. see that if the, if you hadn't talked to those zombies, like that was the trigger event. Yeah. You had, to yeah
1: and not only I, I, I always used to think you just walk up and they look at you and it triggers it. But I did that when I was doing my playthrough and I don't know if it's just the version I had or what, but I actually uh, went down and she wasn't there. I had to go up and actually talk to them. Yep. And they yeah, stare
2: and into your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and um, yeah, and then you just follow her in, and then they kidnap you, and then you you play as Jeff before yeah, like, you get the before Jeff, you get the right, the zombie right, paper.
4: Right. Yeah, I uh, I definitely remember getting stuck there because, like I said, I was playing without looking anything up, and that was the first time I was a, a little confused, was having to go up and talk to those zombies. Maddie J, do you remember that time? Did you ever have any trouble with that? Yeah. Yeah, I was just
3: about to say something about that too. The very first time I played through it, I did no guides or anything like that. I didn't have the actual guide, and I refused to look anything up. Um, and I remember because um, the enemies were definitely harder, and yeah. I, I I got I was at the point where I was just like, I'm I'm done fighting you guys. So if I saw somebody, I would just stay like as far away from them as I could. <laughs> and I remember walking up to where those uh, like the two guys were, like near the top of the graveyard, and seeing those guys and being like, I'm staying away from those guys too. Oh. And <laughs> Just like walking around for quite a while, till finally I walked into those guys. Right. So yeah, it definitely it definitely goes up a notch in this level. I think and the first two kind of gradually, you know, progressively go right. up, and this one They're, kind of takes a bigger jump.
1: I think there's guys too that uh, they they cause some weird status effects on you too that appear in this game. And after this point, I think the only thing you had is like uh, cold, like the, you get the sniffles, and then you get a, a mushroom on your head. Yeah. Oh, and uh oh those drive me crazy uh, oh, oh i hate
5: them
1: oh they're like oh, let me give you 50 bucks oh thanks man it took me two hours to get here because the controls change every six <laughs> seconds yeah. i want to go just go <laughs> up i know oh my god driving me nuts <laughs> Oh, what i do is i turn the controller oh ah, yeah.
4: that's smart huh
1: and uh once you uh I lost my train of thought it's gone (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you get like the poltergeist and stuff or like you get like that weird ghost that spins around your head he does damage you and stuff those are annoying as hell
4: yeah they keep freezing you yeah they were annoying
1: yeah yeah I'm like oh good this part's already really hard let's make it so I can't attack
0: yeah oh my gosh yeah oh is that that. is that in place from the beginning of the game then
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Now they replace they replace the miss system. You can hit 100% of the time as long as you don't get frozen. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, P1, what did you think of Thread?
0: <laughs> sounds lovely. <In> sounds, <laughs> sounds like it was a really good time. Really? I uh I probably would have been like Maddie Jane just stopped fighting things cuz uh you know, <laughs> missing you yeah.
1: Completely avoid everything until you get to a spot where everything dies in one hit and gives you massive experience, like the Foppies.
0: Yeah,
4: Oh the Foppies. I loved leveling up, up those guys. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, to curiosity. Um, the treasure hunter guy. Did anybody go up after? Um, after I think it's actually after, after he beat the first boss and he found that gold statue. He he unearthed the Manny it? Manny statue. Yeah. And yep. then uh is that the one that turns up in happy Happy Village Yeah, It's the flow? same
1: it, it it turns up pretty much out right during the entire game. it's in Moonside right. it's in uh it's in Magicant. it's in right. it's everywhere yeah.
4: um do they ever explain wh- what exactly that statue is? Does anybody know? There's. all might
2: know
1: he looks like he does. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, the implication is that it's basically uh it's like an antenna for guy guess um, okay it, it throws. It messes with your mind. So the treasure hunter goes a little wonky with it. Um, the happy, happy land cultist leader starts the cult. Uh, moon uh, Foresight turns into Moonside because it actually uh, gets everyone to go crazy. Like Moonside is an illusion. Um, so it's, it, it's basically Gygas' way of getting into your head.
4: Okay. And then Ness ends up having to destroy it. I remember when if first took you to uh, to side, I didn't know what was going on. That was a trip and a half. Um, all right, cool. You got to find a guy with the gold teeth.
1: That's it. <laughs>
4: yeah, the, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The invisible That's also guy. invisible. Yeah, yeah. That that doesn't make it hard. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun to find without a guide.
1: <laughs>
2: God. Though so he tells you he has gold teeth. Yeah, that's huh? true. That's good enough.
4: <laughs>
1: So yeah, after, it also drives uh, me crazy. Oh, go ahead.
4: Go- no, go ahead, man.
1: I was gonna say that moonside drives me nuts because yes is no and no is yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Would right, you like to stay for the not. night? Yes. All right. See ya. Yeah. Good luck. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Give me my room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was frustrating. If I had um, a
0: quarter for every time that got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have oh, the God.
4: exact same God. amount of money you have right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So we're just going to go ahead and drop P1 now. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. So yeah, so after that, after three, you get Jeff. Jeff uh, is up in Winners. And uh, later on, you find somebody named Pooh. Um, I believe that's what his name is, correct? Pooh?
1: Yep. Pooh. That's what I refer to him as. Okay,
4: because like I said earlier, I looked up the names, and I was worried I was somebody was screwing with me because I was told that was his
0: name. Am I getting trolled?
4: <laughs> yeah, is he really Pooh? But he is. Um, so, so in total, you end up with Ness, Paula... Uh, Jeff and Poo. I gotta tell you... I hate when uh, Jeff is in poo. (laughs) I gotta tell you, I I found Jeff almost useless for most of the game. Take that back! All right, John, tell us why you like Jeff. Oh my god, (laughs) have you ever tried to use a multi-bottle rocket? That is the strongest attack in the game. You see, I come from a a survival horror background where I don't like using uh, things that can't be used multiple times. So... (laughs) I was afraid to use any of that stuff. And yeah. And he just did not hit well at all. But yeah, well, they, even,
1: they even make, it's really funny. Cause they make reference to him being nearsighted as soon as you get him. And I'm like, you give the one guy with glasses who's nearsighted a gun. <laughs> yeah. Good he's
3: the only guy in the game with a gun here, man. Yeah. <laughs> you have to like, look at Jeff as kind of like, you're like, if you want to like reference, like final fantasy, he's kind of like your black mage. Oh yeah, okay, okay. okay. I his, see his attack like his physical attacks weak, but he has the
0: big burst attacks. I suppose yeah he, he's useless in grinding. he's the guy you go to in a boss fight. Edgar
4: right. yeah
2: yeah or even yeah, that for... no shadow shadow just because he most uh, a lot of a lot of his impacts were expendable items
4: right right yeah yeah, sure. yeah. Good yeah. if I do and... bad with Edgar again, we're gonna hang up
0: on you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right.
4: Um, I guess I never thought of it that way. I, I I know I ended up getting the bazooka and stuff with him, which ended up being his main attack for me, and that was actually pretty good. But for most of the game, oh my gosh. And then I got Pooh and uh and I already had Paula and Paula was great. She was uh, you know, like a she was like a black mage where she had the strong black magic. Very helpful. Pooh was sort of uh weak at first and then I ended up getting pretty strong later on. And uh did anybody uh have a problem keeping him uh, leveled, he was too low for me to use for most of the game um, by the end he had leveled up enough where I could use him for the last fight but he was just so low for me uh, Riel, did you have any trouble with Pooh? Initially, because he's weird
2: because restoratives work uh, I know, jeez uh, no, uh, for, restored... re- for, for record, I have a problem with Poo
1: <laughs> <laughs> You
2: just got to keep at it he just got to work on Poo so often oh, um, right. no, he... Poo to be good <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna reference. You have to eat certain special things, really. Um, <laughs> but no, like it's weird. He he doesn't. Normal restoratives do less good to him, but the restoratives from his hometown do a lot of more good to him than to anyone else. Oh, um, you that. only get items or equipment for him through drops or rare items. So, like, uh, I, I did by the end manage to outfit my poo with a bunch of king armor and equipment, but oh, yeah. um he like when you start off he's using his knuckles, he's got no body armor, he's got no there's no bracelets that'll snap to him. Like he is he's just naked, I guess. Naked. Yeah. Bottle yeah. um, water
1: is massive PP restore form and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like bottle water will pull um brain food. The brain food
4: was the brain greatest lunch, on him. Yeah. 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 So I like brain th- food for everyone. I thought that was great.
0: Sounds like in the start, poo really stinks. Oh, <laughs>
4: oh. Did any of you guys It gets better. <laughs> everyone likes
3: their own brand. Did... <laughs> Did any of you guys mess with like all the condiments and stuff like a yes! lot? See, I think oh. they were cool, but it kind of goes back to the inventory slot thing that I didn't really ever get to go mess with them all a whole bunch. Real cheated, That's... he told me.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's a trick to use in the condiments. Um, you get, like, the rock candy thing? Uh, the, any any restorative item could use this trick, but rock candy was a good one because it would give you a stat boost. Uh, same with magic truffle if you just wanted a, a high PP restorer. Um, what, what you what do is you, you do have to rock rock find... Yeah, sorry. uh well sorry what, what you could do with a rock candy which was just a rare item you only got maybe four in the whole game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and what the rock candy would do would give a random stat boost of two points to a stat like it wouldn't you wouldn't know which stat it was at the, at the time right right um but <clears throat> what you would do is like um if you got salt from uh no yeah it was salt from yeah, uh... Uh, one of the condiments vendors, Mm -hmm. you reorganize the rock candy to be the last item in your inventory. And you would do this by giving the rock candy to yourself. So if Ness had the rock candy, have Ness give the rock candy to Ness. And that would put it in the last slot. And have a bunch of salt packets in his inventory. In battle, if you used uh, the item that was the last item in the slot, instead of using up that item, you would use up the condiment, but it would have Not only the effect of the item, but if the condiment gave any kind of a boost, it would also have the boost. Hmm. So, in the case of the rock candy, you'd have the one rock candy you'd treasure, you'd put that in the very last slot, you'd get a bunch of salt, and then you just use up your salt in battle, finish or, or run away, get some more salt, restock the rock candy at the last slot, and do it again, get another stat boost. It was also the same for like the magic truffle with ketchup you would use ketchup or it didn't have to be ketchup, but it was anything that was listed as complementary to that item. Mm. So um there's like you can find a table that tells you what the the different condiments work with what.
1: But yeah. That's you, good because I think you only get five magic truffles in the game too. Yep.
2: Yeah, very few magic truffles and very few rock candies. And you could basically endlessly use them. Uh, but you could only do it in battle. So if you tried to do it outside of battle you would actually use up the item it would put the, the condiment boost on it but you'd run out of the item uh, if you did it in battle the item stick around
4: wow i didn't know any of that i didn't use any condiments the whole game
3: <laughs> i didn't know about the truffle one i knew about the rock candy one what the no.
4: hell does the postcard
3: and toothbrush do i the toothbrush is uh <laughs> it,
2: it, i know what the toothbrush does i don't know what the, t- the postcard does uh the toothbrush I've actually had it used on me too. Uh, the New Age retro hippies from uh, t- uh, Tucson use it. Um, you, you brush your teeth, and the shininess of your teeth distracts the <laughs> opponent.
1: Oh, wow! Sounds useful. So like basically,
2: you you miss uh, uh you you miss a turn basically. Okay, all right. So it's, uh, it's a dazzle. It's a dazzle. It's it's a dazzle.
1: Huh. Wonder if it works yeah. on bosses. That would be awesome.
4: That would be. <laughs>
2: The same, like I forgot the protractor does something like that too. I think the protractor up. Protractor thing. makes it so you don't miss.
1: It's just yeah. like the ruler, but you can use it multiple times. Yeah, oh,
4: I didn't know that. I just gave that to my cargo delivery. <laughs> no idea. I, I always
1: was. toss them because I don't really use Jeff that much, except yeah. for like heavy hitter. Yeah,
4: I thought you got mad at me for
1: that.
0: <laughs> no, he got I use for heavy hitting. He, he huh? got mad at you for saying Jeff was useless. Oh. <laughs> Well worded.
4: Yeah. All right, let's talk about, a bit about the uh, the Runaway 5, which I think was a big reason why we didn't get EarthBound uh, on the virtual console for so long. One of, of the reasons, because I know there was a lot of licenses. There is a lot of licensing, <laughs> licensing issues. But the Runaway 5, um, anybody want to talk about that? How about you, Maddie J? What do you know about the Runaway 5?
3: Well, I know the Runaway 5, when they came out in... Um, The Famicom version uh, were basically the Blues Brothers. They were identical to the Blues Brothers. They were all dressed in black. So when we got them localized, um, they had to change it up and change up all their outfits. Um, I'm trying to remember what their song was. I mean, their song was even very, like, Blues Brothers-y. Yeah. Um, And even as they stand now in, like, the current game, it's obvious that that's who they are. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it stands out.
4: For sure, um, um,
0: what- I definitely
3: thought they were a cool addition to the game. It's just okay. s- something different, you know. These guys that are like in debt, you know, you have to like <laughs> bail them out of debt, right? Twice, twice. Yeah, it was
1: it was just so super unnecessary, but it was
3: just cool that it was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, they do give you a nice ride, uh, you know, uh, from there to three eater. Um,
2: they disarm the sentry you know. bot
3: what the, the oh yeah.
2: yeah robot yeah that's it. all oh, right yeah, yeah. they just that, shut it off right yep they turn the power switch on it
3: <laughs> yeah that's right i forgot to look you've back.
1: been beating the crap out of this thing there's a little toggle switch on the back
3: <laughs> but yeah like like john said they were kind of unnecessary like i remember going to their concert after you finally like do all uh, the stuff and like have to get the ticket and whatever yeah. and you go to the concert and you're like Am I supposed to be really doing something here, and it's <laughs> no, you're just kind of hanging out watching the concert. I mean, you do get to go backstage and find out they all this money and everything, but right. again it's kind of it's like a side quest that you have to do yeah so. it,
1: yep. it's like I, the Star Wars cantina they only know one song
4: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
4: i um I went backstage first I went in, I seen their show and went backstage or whatever. And then I came out and then I would, no, I came out and then the show came on and I was like, okay, now I got, I guess I got to go back and talk to them now that they're backstage. When I came back out again, it did it again. I ended up watching it twice back by mistake. I was fantastic. I did not like them from that point forward. (laughs) So I was not a big fan of the runaway five. I should also mention I had about a week and a half to beat this game. So Anything that held me back like that, I did not enjoy. So I, w- I felt a little upset that I, uh, I didn't get to enjoy them like, like most people would have, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another person of interest is Pokey. Um, he's your neighbor. He, he starts out as uh, just an annoying little kid living next door to you, but quickly turns into something else, um, which is kind of sinister. Um, ends up being a pretty big bad guy later on. What did you think of Pokey overall, John?
1: He is the ugliest kid I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad. Yeah, it's really funny. The first time I played it, I was like, "Oh, sweet, this could be like my partner for the game or whatever." That's what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah, and, a I th- I actually, yeah. yeah and I actually, yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate that he wasn't in the game more than he was because his, his dialogue is actually fairly funny because he's yeah. always kind of like. Oh man, I'm really sorry that I did this to you. <laughs> Let's be friends again, man. <laughs>
5: <laughs> du- <laughs> du- 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 fuck you.
1: Yeah. I'm so, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> your original like, Eric Cartman. He that's, is. And very, that's yeah. exactly what it's oh, I've always thought of him as. Yeah. That's a like, dead on. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um,
3: one thing that's I found weird about Pokey too, or not weird, just like interesting, is um early on in the game, um Pokey's like father like beats him. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's like, they they change the sound in North America, but it's still you know what's happening.
3: It's obvious, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like you get the sense he comes from like a and his mom has she has the
4: craziest face. Oh, it's just that, crazy. Yeah, you guys can't see it, but Real's doing it right now. Our listeners can't see it, but <laughs> so it's <laughs> just so it. weird. It's like his mom
3: is like crazy, and his dad just beats him.
4: Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, so, no wonder he's so messed up. I guess. Yeah, it's not it's not his fault, you know. Right, and he's just jealous of Ness, who has a, a normal, loving family, and takes it out on him. You don't really <laughs> see Picky
1: for the rest of the game, though.
4: Yeah, not until the very, very, very end.
1: Yeah,
2: well, it's implied <sighs> that it's implied that Pokey uh, gets brainwashed, so he he's probably still not a very nice kid, but that a lot of his worst qualities are actually Gygas. like he's just.
1: Being guess. Like, um yeah. he's he's in uh, Mother Three as well. Actually, yeah, he's
2: the main antagonist in Mother Three, isn't he? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, really? Uh, I know this. And he's all he's all messed up looking and stuff from time travel.
2: And he oh, can't man, he, can he can't ever die. Like he's stuck in a, a that bubble that he has at the end of Earthbound is like this permanent. I remember reading this is like it's permanent safety device. So he'll never get harmed or killed, but he can never leave it.
4: Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point because he was actually there in the time drive. It wasn't a robot going back in time for him. It was actually him there, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. and that's that's why they went back as robots because if you go back as a human, it really messes you up.
4: That's some adverse effects, apparently. Interesting. Because yeah. huh. i
1: don't know if you you noticed, but he's like blue or greenish color. Hmm. Yeah,
4: I did not notice this. Huh. That's good to know. I'm really looking forward to playing one and three now. <laughs> three is awesome. Three is awesome. Oh, really? Okay, good, good, good. Absolutely play three. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's take a minute. We've talked to all this time, and we haven't really discussed um, one of the biggest things, which is the game- gameplay mechanics. Um, now, this is your basic old-school turn-based RPG. Um, I immediately thought of uh, Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest. Uh, the originals when I first turned it on, and uh, and yeah, I, I enjoy that though. Um, P one, uh, tell us a, a bit about what you didn't enjoy
0: about uh, about the combat. Uh, it, the missing. Um, is,
4: that the, is that the only thing?
0: And it's just I felt like two fights, and I had to go rest. And I felt like every second attack, like every second turn, I was have I was forced to heal. Like Dragon Warrior does it. But when you start off in Dragon War, you're fighting slimes, and those slimes are easy. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean? Like you can grind away on those for a little bit and get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to move on here. But I, I felt like with this, even with the, even with the beginning enemies like uh, snakes and uh, the crows and stuff, even they were like hard enough that you had to heal like in between fights, and it was. I'm all for a game being hard, but it felt. Like, oppressively difficult. Like, they were purposely trying to extend the time that you had to play by forcing this grinding, this extra grinding on you that I don't think was necessary, and just the the missing... Like, oh, man. And, uh... I... Yeah. I don't want to get into the music and the graphics yet, but... <laughs> did you, yeah, just wait. Did, um, you,
1: did you know that the game was designed for children? Yeah,
0: yeah I know the game was designed for children. Yeah. And my, my brother and Maddie J Mania beat it without a guide because they're so good at games. But, uh, <laughs> like, it's... I I matched it to uh, uh, Tales of uh, Abyss because I played Tales of Xillia and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I talked to our friend Darren over at the Game of Pilgrimage... And I asked him which one I should try next, and he said, uh, he said Symphonia, actually. But I said, well, I got Abyss for 3DS because I don't actually ever listen to other people's opinions. And so I started <laughs> playing it, and I immediately, in that game, the problem was the fact that I completely detested the main character, uh, Luke Von Fabra. And I asked Aaron, I was like, how long does this, is this guy a shithead for? And he was like, it gets really good about 20 or 30 hours in. And I was like... <laughs> Fist you? Are you kidding? Like seriously? I I don't want to have to play a game for twenty or thirty hours to enjoy it. And in this case, I mean, I I put a solid. Uh, I came. It was. I. It felt like five or ten hours into Earthbound and
5: Two Side.
0: And just what? just to get Paul. I mean, that's what it felt like. Oh, it felt was that way, maybe. Yeah, and I don't know if if there's a run. Uh, you know what? There probably is a an actual thing on my Wii U. I can check. But it felt like a long time and a lot of needless grinding by myself, hitting auto fights. It was the only way I could hit. In which case, I'm not even fucking playing the game. It's my job is to walk into the monsters. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's I'm here just a to...
1: spot in uh, one, at, you know, the cave where you go up to uh, right yeah. after you get the footstep thing. Yeah, there's a spot where there's a uh, With those a...
0: fucking bugs.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. But there's a spot like where you have to go outside for a second, and there's a butterfly there, and it keeps responding every time you come in and out. So yeah. all you do is you come in, you use PSI Rockin on a whole like group of six slugs. It gives you like 120 exp. You go back out, fill up, come back in, do it again, go back and forth. It's really quick, and you get a bunch of levels in like five minutes.
0: Yes, yeah. I wish I'd known that. You also uh, <laughs> just brought up a
4: point, uh, another point that I forgot to bring up. Uh, what what spell did you uh, say you casted, John? It's rockin'. Okay. So that's... That that was the
1: preset, your favorite thing or whatever.
4: Okay, see, I had no idea. Because I know Lukeman put booty on... uh, He asked you a question like, what is your favorite thing or something? And uh, (laughs) and that's the name of your spell throughout the entire game.
2: I I I picked science, so I was... Killing things with science. It was.
1: Uh,
4: <laughs> <geez>.
1: <laughs> I, I always, I always, always put my food as dicks. So it's like go upstairs and eat some dick or go eat some dicks and then go to bed.
0: <laughs> and this this podcast has just got the explicit rating. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I would.
3: Uh, I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, though. P one. I would say this game is not for everyone. It's it just. Is that's just Wait, how no. it is.
0: It blows me away because I like RPGs. I like that grind. Like, um, apparently you don't. But no. <laughs> I, I just—I didn't. I don't. I personally don't see the charm in a modern day setting. If I want to walk around and beat things with a baseball bat, I'm going to do it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Walking a snake. Everyone's social, a dog and a snake. He's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just—the modern day setting for me because I really do enjoy that fantasy setting or even a steampunkish setting. Uh, the modern day setting threw me off. Uh, I can see how people would find the charm in that, and uh, it was just, I felt that combat was just, uh, I just, in that first, the first two towns, it was just, I felt like there was so much extra grinding. Now, a cool aspect of it was, when I got to a level that I would approach creatures and they would run from me, and you could actually see them running away from you, see the creature scurrying away, that was neat, that was a cool effect, but it took so fucking long to get to that point.
1: <laughs> if if you get to a point too. You just walk into them and they die. You don't even have to go into a battle. The screen flashes oh, green I mean, and they're I dead. Love yeah. that mechanic.
4: Yeah,
3: and, and that's a good way to get cheap levels too. Because there yes. would be times where I would, um if you go into like an area where there's like a boss fight, and you get through the area maybe a little lower level than you should have and beat the boss. Even creatures that shouldn't really be running from you because you beat the boss will still be running from you. Right. You can then just go up behind them and it's almost like you're grinding yourself just by walking into something and you're yeah. getting levels that way too. I guess I
2: this is this was kind of the, the the thing about the combat that it it's deceptively simple, but it's not really simple there is actually a fairly good dimension. If, if one goes through it, there's actually a, a decent level of complexity one can get in it. Now, I say this as someone who, I think I only use something other than science uh, with uh, Ness, like, only a few times in the game. Like, Paralysis was handy for a couple of bosses, but for the most part, if Ness was going to be using uh, magic, it was going to be either a curative one or science. So, um, I have
0: a question. I'm the same
1: way, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Did you name your spell science, or did you name it ENCE? No, it was science. To make it science.
2: <laughs> Fantastic! I didn't think of that.
5: <laughs> That's and next level. At...
1: <laughs> That's what I would have done. You the just problem. blew my mind. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm restarting the game today, and I'm putting that in.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think I figured. I, I, I think I know, like the crows were a pain. So when you first start the game, I don't think the crows should have been one of the introductory enemies because there were a lot of them, but they were actually, I would avoid them.
1: Um, man, they crack your shit, but they, and, well,
2: not only did they steal your stuff, but they were a high miscount, especially if you didn't have a range weapon. So if you, if you had and if you had a baseball bat, you would miss most of the time swinging at a crow. They would hit you more often than you'd hit them. And then they'd steal your swag. Um, Dogs were a lot easier, as were, um, what was the other one? Snakes, snakes, snakes yeah, the snakes
1: work. Snakes give you one e- exp or something, yeah, yeah, they're not even worth it.
4: Um, but, do you guys know, was this originally created to be on uh, the Famicom, like the original NES? Uh, because e- e- you can look at another 16 bit RPGs and uh, and it's almost night and day, and then if you compare this to the original mother. It's way more similar to that than I would say other 16-bit RPGs. Was this originally developed beyond the old hardware? Does anybody know? Uh, I actually
2: don't know. I don't know, but I actually, personally, I don't think so. Yeah. There is a lot of complexity in that thing.
4: Um I feel like it's pretty. Are you referring to like the the visuals of it? Uh, the visuals, also the uh, it is an old school grind. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. If you look at other sixteen bit RPGs, they switched. It didn't stay the way that it was on the NES, but this did. Um, I was just curious if maybe that was for a reason, but I think
2: it was just because okay. it was a, a spiritual successor, or well, not spiritual. It was a full on successor of Mother, so they right. couldn't change the. It was only the second in a series, so if you look at. Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 4, there was this huge shift, but True. there were also two other games between the two, and 3 was one heck of a shift, we just never got it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, 1 and 2
1: are not ter- terribly dissimilar.
4: Right. Yeah, I'm curious.
1: 3 is a shift in, like, how it's laid out in the storyline stuff, but I found, like, even the, the battle system is insanely yeah. similar.
4: Really? Oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, that's that's actually uh, answers my question, really um uh, is the rolling hp dial in um the original the same way now the first uh it is but i think it goes quicker Okay. Because that is a really cool mechanic. I haven't, I
1: haven't played it in a couple weeks, but I'm pretty sure it is. So the way yeah, that it works uh, for anybody... Go ahead, Maddie. if you want to... I was
3: going to say, that saves your ass. So oh, yeah. It ever, does it ever. Any suicide bomber.
2: Any suicide <laughs> yeah. bomber. Yeah. Territorial Stupid oaks. Tree. All those oaks. <laughs> Elk, Tear- the crap Elk Keda. Keda. Oaks terrible. They were Elk That's why oh. I call them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, Oak-Keda. they scared the crap out of me. I thought for sure I was toast. Uh, so For anybody listening who doesn't know, if you get hit with a with a fatal attack, your nu- your health slowly starts to drop. Um, but if you end the battle and you continue fighting while it's dropping, if you end the battle before it reaches zero, the battle ends and you, you don't die. So I thought that was a really neat mechanic. That
1: it does the same thing too. Is if you can manage to pop off another healing attack
0: or a like heal exactly, yeah. exactly. But on the Which... flip side, it also works in reverse. So if you take a healing potion and your health starts going up, and then you get a big hit. Beforehand, you might not make it to the top. Yep. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah, right, I learned the, the
3: hard way with those trees. Like, there's been there are battles where there's more than just the tree. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to take out the tree because that's the big guy, and you're just <laughs> getting burned while you're trying to kill the other. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: And there was a number like the robots, the little round robots would do it. The uh, the yeah. orbs, the freaky, uncontrollable yeah. yeah. Jeez, yeah. those those are freaky looking. <laughs> It's yeah. like a sphere with a weird smile just on it. Just big. Those it... like those were creepy. Those with were like creepy. a work soundtrack in the background. Like it's just
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah those were... enemies are weird. They're like the only enemies I think that like don't really fit in to where you are. They're just kind of like random shapes flying yeah. around. Yeah, and... they're,
1: they're part of uh, the aliens. Yeah. Yeah, they were weird. like
3: like everything else. It, it is at least like relatable to like your environment. Those are just random out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> the spinning robots are the ones I always thought were kind of right out to left field. Yeah. The ones that are just like they're like they get their they're when, when you like first see the the tiny UFOs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, and they fly around, they look like diamonds. That's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But they uh they look like the
2: spinning robots to me it was like if you were to combine Rob the robot with the T1000. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, let's take a minute to talk about the uh the inventory system because it was hard to manage for me uh, at some point. It fills up pretty quick. It wasn't as bad when I had all four characters. Um, I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets pretty full. Um, did anybody have any trouble with the inventory system? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I, I defend a lot of the things in this game, even the things some people don't like. The inventory system, while I appreciate some of its strategy, was a little too constrictive. Um, yeah. if if people could carry a bit more, I wouldn't have had as much of an issue, or if Escargo Express could carry more.
4: Right. Yeah, I
2: yeah, maxed it out pretty early, yeah. Me too. Yeah, if, if you put all of your special items that don't do anything anymore, like like you will not serve a first person or will not let you drop, because that's annoying. Right. Like, I think Jeff has a weapon that he can't even, I think it must have been a glitch yeah. or something, because he can't even drop it anymore. No, mo- mo- anything he builds, he can't sell. Uh. Yeah. And so you and you can't drop the game will prevent you from dropping it. Yep. So you you have to store it into Escargo Express. And once you have all of your special items in Escargo Express, there's so little you can actually still bank in there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think in my views yeah, of if I can put a big complaint on Earthbound, it would have been the inventory system was a little too constrictive.
4: Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, Matty J?
3: Yeah, I completely agree. It's like you are always struggling to have. Because you don't want to ever go anywhere without a free slot or two almost per character. Yeah. You need like X amount of slots for heals or like for Jeff. It's pretty much his whole inventory is all like attacks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I thought uh, that was kind of annoying is you almost don't know some of the stuff you don't know that you shouldn't drop it. You're like, True. should I keep this? I might need this because yeah. they're just like <laughs> ambiguous items. Like I needed an eraser before. Do I still need this? Am I, can I get rid of it? You know, <laughs> it's like what do I do with this ruler? I better hang on to this, you right. know. Eventually yep. you kind of realize like okay, I don't re- I've gone this far without using this crap. I can get rid of it. But right. that was another complaint. Like not only are the slots not that not that plentiful, but the right. Actual items are kind of
4: ambiguous. So yeah, you're right. Like the, they
3: take up the very needed slots
4: anyway. Exactly. Like that, uh, what was it? Broken key machine. I kept thinking. Yes. I'm going to find I'm going to another... need this. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to come up again. I'm sure it. of it. <laughs> so but... many locked doors in the
2: game. Yeah. I, I did like. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like when uh, uh, the Escargo Express man would be high. Oh, really? Uh, if Really? If you. Uh, basically, the way the, the Escargo Express, for anyone who hasn't played the game yet, is anything you had to bank, you had to call your sister at Escargo Express, which then you had to go somewhere where a guy could get to you. And from one corner or side of the screen, a little dude would come in and he would be offered to pick up three things from you or deliver three things if you asked for delivery. There was a little bit of a delay. So when he called, it didn't happen immediately. There was you, you waited, and then the soundtrack came in. It was kind of funny too, because if you're like in the swamp, you'd see him trudging <laughs> through the water. You'd see, look, like a little ball cap in the water, and then he'd come up and and, and talk to you. Um, but if you are in a place where there's no way for the game engine to figure out how to bring him into the screen, because they don't want to put him through a wall, right? The game tries to calculate the best way for him to get to you. So if you're outside, it's fairly easily because he can go. You generally come in from any any direction. But if you're in a building. Um, or your, another thing I found that triggered that, that caused the game to freak out was if you immediately saved after calling Escargo Express. Hmm. So if you called Escargo Express, then called your dad to save, you would also, Escargot Express also wouldn't work. But the way the game portrayed the fact that it couldn't figure out what to do is you'd get a phone call from Escargo Express and the guy was giggling maniacally. On it, like huh. he-, he ha ha. We tried to like he find you, but uh, couldn't find you. Better luck next time. Ha-, ha ha And then he'd hang up. you're oh, like I never got the The delivery dude is high. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh wow! I did not ever get that. There's probably so many little things like that that you'd have to play through a few times to <laughs> see them all. Well, I kept I kept running into it because
2: I kept forgetting. Like I would. I guess it just happened that most of the time I would end up calling Escargo Express was in a smaller room or or I would save out of habit. so I'd call Escargo Express and I would save right, and both right. of these seemed to trigger the the screw up. I'm guessing because they didn't want the odd have like in the save file, they wouldn't want to track the fact that you had made a call to Escargo Express right so that it probably had a condition in the code somewhere that says once you save, clear
4: out that flag. Ah, oh, that's very interesting. You're probably it's a right. Guess, but yeah. No, no, that sounds that sounds right. It's just one last thing for it to save on memory. Yeah. yeah it makes sense. Which actually brings up a point that you do call your dad throughout the game uh, to save the game, and you never see your dad. Um, I liked what you said earlier about how uh, Nintendo may have actually been his father. But uh, other than that, which they ended up changing later, apparently, does, is there any clues ever as to why you never see your father?
1: I think it works a lot. Yeah, he's just a
4: busy
2: guy. <laughs> the the uh, I always assumed he was like on a business trip in another country cuz if you think geographically earthbound does not travel a lot. Um with really the only exceptions being uh Delam winters and summer. And both of those you get, or all three of those you get through teleportation. Right. Uh the rest of it is neighboring towns. So like I I feel like in that case it, it, it's a situation of well in this world, if he was far out of town, then, especially with aliens flying around, how is he going to get back? <laughs> yeah, you know? fair
3: so. enough. <laughs> I also kind of thought maybe they were divorced. Yeah, oh, th- maybe. There's implications of that. Um, yeah. And the out-of-town work thing. When I originally played the game, I thought it was like he was out-of-town working. And then after I played the game and like you know just went crazy about it and read a bunch about it, there's a theory that your mom and dad are divorced.
2: Oh, Poki's parents God. actually divorce each other yeah if, if, if you finish the game and you go back to Pokey's house before actually getting to the credit sequence right um, his his the, the mother and father are actually divorced uh-huh.
3: and Another thing with the calling too I thought that was a really clever mechanic when Ness being homesick and to cure the homesick you either visit yeah or you call your mom So oh, it's almost like every homesick. time I saved the game I just called my mom. Right then because it's like, hey, I'm they... right here. Might as yeah. well might as well get mom a call, see how she's doing.
4: The one that... thing I didn't
2: like. Oh, sorry.
4: No, I was just put to say how much that aggravated me when you got homesick. <laughs> yeah. Fight. My God.
0: That's not everybody grew up with our parents, so <laughs> 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 it is reasonable that they would miss their uh, their mother. <laughs> Love you, mom. the one
2: thing I didn't like was Nintendo the Nintendo nannying. Um, it's the same thing they do like Ocarina of Time. It's the same thing they They mandated on the Virtual Boy, but for different reasons. Uh, If you played the game, if you use the save state functions or anything, instead of just actually turning off the game, so in the virtual console, it defaults to saving a state. um, Eventually, in the middle of whatever you're doing, you get a call from your dad Oh, I got it. And he says, "I'm (laughs) worried about you. You really should go. uh, You should take a break. I mean, uh, are you sure you don't want to take a break here?" And yeah, it it didn't really matter if you answered yes or no because he'd just say like he'd either say, "Okay, well, go find the nearest phone," or if he said no, "Okay, well, you shouldn't work too hard. I don't agree, but hey, the fate of the world." Right. Um, but it was just it's annoying because you're it always happened like when you're the most invested and then this phone call comes and brings you out of it.
4: Yeah.
1: Could could be a lot worse. It could be like uh, Simon's Quest where it's every 12 seconds. True, oh, no. true. <laughs> the, the worst was Navi. Uh, hey! Awesome. Navi!
2: playing a while. Do you want to stop playing?
1: Hey! <laughs> uh- well, the Virtual Boy did it too with the... Uh, Hey, you've been playing for 30 minutes. You're going to go blind. I think we
3: should have listened to the Virtual Boy warning, though. Yeah,
2: you're going to go
0: blind.
2: As a Virtual Boy owner and fan, don't ask me why, we all have our weaknesses. Um. That was actually very useful because if you take out of if you like if you follow that instruction after the ten minutes and you take the, your your eyes out of it, you realize how appreciative it was that it gave you that warning because you just
1: light burns. People <laughs> people talk about rift sickness and uh, how 3ds gives them a headache. Pull your head out of a Virtual Boy after thirty minutes. <laughs> 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 All
4: right. Well, I want to take a minute to talk about. The two things that really annoyed me about this game. Um, And I like the game overall, but there's two fights in particular. Uh, The first one was Master Belch. Uh, Do you guys remember? uh, He's like the green looking thing with the the fly, honey. Yeah, the fly, honey. Yeah. So I fought that guy. Um, I kicked his ass like I'm talking. I went to town on him um, and he I used everything I had and he killed me. So I went back, and I was so pissed. I leveled up on some foppies, and I was like, okay, I'm super strong now. I grinded for a long time, actually, and I went back. I had all these side caramels. I'm so stoked. I get in there. I fight him again, and he kills me again, and I start losing my shit. So I I, I go back the last time, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll use this stupid jar of honey. It's probably going (laughs) to weaken him or something. Anyway, it takes like two seconds after you use that jar of honey. (laughs) I was so mad that that's all i had to do did anybody else have that problem at all you should have listened to the story to make reference to it yeah <laughs> it said he loves the that honey that's yep. what the story said and i was like okay he loves honey why would i give this to him i'm not gonna give him the stuff that he loves wait wait wait, wait.
0: you you were in a fight with a, a a guy and you have an item in your possession That somebody prior to the fight says to you, he loves this. Yes. And you said to yourself, after getting killed twice. Yes. Oh, maybe now I should use this? Yeah, I had to. <laughs> How many times should I die before I say? Okay, None! They fucking told RPG you to use you it know, right from the beginning. You're
4: is wrong. They did not tell me to use it. They said, <laughs> you, you need this to see Master you, Belch. So you I have thought,
1: to get the item. It's like right after you beat the tent. It's like, oh, yes. here's, a, here's a trash
4: can. You walk yes, up. You oh, you got it. the fly honey. You go on in, bud. Exactly. Exactly. What you just said is why I didn't use it on him. I used that honey to get into the building. And I'm like, okay, I'm in now. This is awesome. Does great. anybody
0: know what the item description of the honey is? Can somebody it tell says me? It
4: stinks. It says it stinks. I, I read it. That it, it, it. It, it. It stinks.
0: Give
1: to Master Belch. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it never once tells you to use it. I'm so mad.
2: Right before Master Belch, one of his little minions. Because at that point, he can talk to his minions because they're yeah. no longer bad guys. Yeah. Um, one of his minions, right before the fight, says he re- like he reminds you he really likes this fly honey. Yes, he, he likes really, the fly. Really, uh...
1: <laughs> likes it, likes it. I was so mad. I was like, I why feel ain't... like after I deal ten thousand points of damage to a guy and he's not dead, first thing I'd be doing is trying out that fly honey. <laughs> it's
3: like he's like okay. stepping, he's like stepping on your foot. He really likes <laughs> <the> fly <laughs>
4: honey. Okay, it's like um, my brother really likes Big Macs,
0: and I beat him in a fight.
4: I'm not going to bring him a Big Mac.
0: Of course you will. I will be distracted because I'll be eating the Big Mac that I love. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, so that pissed me off. That was ridiculous. Um, even if uh, he... I'm he, totally cutting in that punch, scene from The Simpsons someone, when they're trying to get Homer to answer if, that fucking witness protection name. <laughs> <laughs> it, man,
1: if someone Hello, punched me in the face and they gave me a Big Thompson. Mac. Thompson.
3: <laughs> I think he's talking to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're
3: Mr. Thompson now. Okay, got it. Yeah. Mr. Thompson.
1: All right. Hello, Mr. Thompson.
2: Hello, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Thompson and stomp on your foot twice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you letting... Can I be John Elway? <laughs> <laughs>
4: so, so anyway, that that pissed me off. I was like, okay, whatever. I, 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 I got the item. That's fine. Whatever. I did it. I moved on. I was super strong at that point, so it didn't even matter. Because it actually helped me, because I was forced to grind a bit, and the foppies were awesome for that. Um, so later on in the game, uh, the last battle, I uh, which I also want to talk about more detail as well. But to defeat the last boss of this game, which you've grinded for to defeat this whole time, you don't attack him to kill him. It's you you pray. Paula has this ability where it does a, a random event in, in a normal battle, and uh, and it's called prayer, or pray, and that is how you actually have to kill the last boss. There's there's no way of knowing this. You just have to know it apparently, or have the guide, I guess. And uh, so I fought him, and I fought him, and I fought him, and then at one point I had nothing left. All I had left was Paula and Neth. and I was like, I'm gonna hit pray just to see. Maybe I'll get lucky, and I'll bring somebody back to. Life and anyway it, it skips to this cutscene, and then it turns out you have to keep doing that and i ended up dying that time and i had to go back and do it again but boy did that frustrate me did anybody i guess maddie J was the only other one who played uh without the guy did, did you have that same problem so the first time i played
3: through i um my friend who is a huge enthusiast of this game i would like tell him like hey this is what's happening this is that he's you know, he'd be like pumping me up about it. Okay. And when, when we got to the, when I'm like, Oh, you know, it's almost the guy fight. And he's like, Oh man, it's so cool. I'm not going to ruin anything for you. <laughs> you know, he said <laughs> yeah. something like that, but he, I can't remember what he said, but like, cause this was years ago, but the way he worded what the advice he gave me, yeah, it like put in my brain like that. <laughs> I'm going to have to like do something like it. It, it was kind of like a play on words that I, okay. I'm going to have to pray. Like I figured it out. Yeah as the fight was going on, I was like, what is, and then after you do it the first time, you're just like, yeah, that's it. But yeah, it's definitely, if it wasn't for me, like being in contact with him and, uh, I would, I would have no idea because I don't think I used the prey option. I mean, I might've used it once, like going along just to see what it does.
4: Same here, same here. But I didn't, it
3: wasn't like a regular action you use.
4: No, no. And, and when it, and when you did use it, there was a chance that it could, put negative effects on your character so i was like i'm never using this again this is horrible um but the the funny thing is when i'm fighting gygas i was like wow an actually good challenging fight i'm loving this this is a great end to this game i'm struggling right now um but no it just turned out you had to do something stupid but uh riel please defend this fight for me (laughs)
2: I I will uh, a a couple of ways. Uh, First off, I just want to say that the in-game description for jar of fly honey is Belch's most favorite food in the whole wide world. Yes. However, (laughs) it smells really, really bad. We're talking major stinkage here.
4: Bingo. Exactly. (laughs) Why would you give that to him? Because
3: the game Hello, is. Hello, Mr. Thompson.
4: Oh, no, my God! If it had told me, Master Belch hates this food, I would have been like, "Okay, toss it at him." First thing, first action, first thing. The the, the screen isn't even turning over yet, and I'm going into my inventory to grab that that honey. But you know what I mean? Like he doesn't hate
0: it; he loves it.
5: I know that's the problem.
0: <laughs> anyway, but sorry. Go so, ahead.
2: Okay, guy. Yes. Um as a as a last boss, I actually rank him as the best JRPG and fight I've ever played. Oh my god, no. Uh, and and here's why. There, there's a lot of it and, and only little of it has to do with the actual fighting. Um The contrast of Gygas to the rest of the game is insane. Um the rest of the game is kinda it's always like I said, retro futuristic sci-fi kidsy stuff like the the monsters are, are things you could find you could build out of toys like the the starmen are just very basic pointy little robot spacemen right right like all of these with the exception of the weird spheres which are just marbles in the end everything was kind of a basic looking monster with the, maybe the moles the moles were a little cre- creepy because they had like blood in their mouth but
4: guy <laughs> you a good point
2: though yeah yeah guy was scary you you yeah. got the, even now he scares the bejesus out of me. He's creepy. Uh, he's he's creepy, and he's absolute. Not only how he looks, but what he says. Like when he first start dealing that damage to him, yeah. he goes like, "I'm ha p ness 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 It just goes yeah. nuts. creepy, like, creepy. It is so super creepy. creepy. Yeah. Um And the Actually, music up to that, like the music was kind of this cheery poppy or electronica, and when you get to him, right. it's heavy metal. Like yeah. If you look at i uh, I put when I was live tweeting this, I, I made the Zoromas comment, which is Zoromas was also a giant mass of organs and awful, but he, so were a lot of the enemies in Final Fantasy IV. Mm-hmm. Um And the only thing that really made Zoromas distinctive was the background is scrolling really fast.
4: Yeah, which was cool.
2: Yeah, it was cool, but that's how it, it lent any kind of epicness. Right. Gygas was creepy and made even more creepy by the setting he was in just by the contrast that he was in right. um it, it 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 blew my mind and it's the most memorable last boss fight i've ever had in an rpg and it's probably now about the prey thing uh I, i'm gonna defend it but i'm gonna defend it using something you you hated um <laughs> so when you get rid of pokey so of course when you you first get to guy there's you have to get past pokey Anything you throw at Gygas while pokey is there, you just get flung back at you. Mm-hmm. Um, then you defeat Pokey and he he, he uh, releases Gygas from the machine, uh, which has this creepy image of either Ness or Nintendo. There's some kind of disconnect there. Um, and then you get the weird, scrolly, background, scully-looking fetus head thing from uh, Gygas. Um, and when you first get there that's where the heavy metal heavy metal music stops and you get this creepy noise
4: mm, it's creepy
2: yeah and like it gets weird like fizzy bits um you like you said you try things and nothing's working you you you, you everything you do you try and, and nothing is, is is seemingly working there
4: um mm, i don't know about that what is seemingly not working it seemed like it was working Every hit I put on him, I was like, yes, okay, I, I hit him for another 700. this is great, but there's no indication that he's not no, getting hurt think, think of the way he's being think of uh, if you think of the, the the way the battle's
2: progressing at this point mm-hmm. uh, again I'm this is all entirely in, in my humble opinion here okay <laughs> um, w- when you're playing the game up to that point you're you will have been worn down a little bit just by being in the cave in the past um, and then you're going to be worn down even more by pokey. Mm -hmm. And then Pokey releases Gygas and you get, he just keeps using these incomprehensible attacks at you to just make him even creepier. Um, And you get worn down. You get status ailments. You get, nothing you're doing to him seems to impact anything. He just occasionally freaks you out. Um, So you have to start trying things that aren't normal. And at one point, Paula prays. It's the only thing you have left. It's the only thing you can do. And you pray for help. And then there's an impact. So the game is actually trying that whole narration of being at the, the hero being at the lowest point and trying their best to come out of it. The game is trying to put that on you naturally by actually putting you to your lowest point. You would have, if you threw any bottle rockets, it wouldn't have worked at them. Right. So the, the mm-hmm. Jeff's secret weapons don't work anymore. The bazooka kind of does, but it doesn't really do an awful lot. Um, so the game is, is whittling you down to start being desperate, and, which is what it did. You said you tried prayer because you were desperate, nothing was yeah. working. Yep, yep. And then you did prayer and it worked. And so, oh, and so at this point, you just keep doing it. You just keep asking for help, and people just keep helping you. Now, if you're whittled down too much, there's a chance you're going to die. Like, there is that chance, but you can yeah. always come back and, and go back up. Which is what uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, but the game put you in the position that typically a storyline reads to you. Hmm. It, instead, of, of, instead of, it was showing, not telling. It, instead of telling you, oh, and now Ness's and his crew are in dire straits now, whatever will they do? you are in dire straits you are about to die and the only thing you can think of is that little girl in your party has a prayer hmm. and you do it that's a good point like the damage
4: yeah that is actually a good way of, of, of describing
0: it it's like the end of every kids movie yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. Very true. Yeah. guardians of uh or rise of the guardians they pr- they the kids believe you know but that's their yeah. prayer like
2: but it's, it's the the it's the monomyth too. In the end, is your your hero is going against adversity, hits his lowest point before, you know, coming up with the magic MacGuffin that'll help them. Um, and you, you have everything from a lot of Hollywood movies do this, and this definitely borrows a lot from pop culture. But instead of doing the standard part, like, um, you know, if you play again, we're, we're going to take Zeromas, um where. As you're fighting, or when you're fighting the last boss, in, uh, it, it's before Z- uh, Zemus, I think it's before Zeromus, Zemus, um, where everyone prays for you as well. Yeah, like, I love that scene. But, <laughs> but they, at that point, the game feeds it to you. Like, oh, yeah. you're about to die. Here's everyone helping you out. Oh, now you've uncovered Zeromus. Like, that's that game feeding that to you. Earthbound's making you experience it. You you are actually in dire straits.
0: The making only... me wish I played more than two towns. <laughs> <laughs> the just only couldn't problem. find that <laughs> third one. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't know. I don't the the last boss is just so easy after I don't know. It's it's
0: tough. I think Pokey could it's have tough. been harder. It's not I... the well just I mean a, it's not the first time that a boss in an RPG has been beaten by something other than just brute force. Mm. Look at uh, Skirmaglion and Dr. Luga; You can beat them with healing. Um, and, at uh, least it's not a quick time event. Yeah. <laughs> True. To True. pay respect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's an argument for you. Uh, you're saying he's, as a final boss, he's too easy. Yeah. He uh, is. Argu- arguably your favorite game of the last generation, um, well, maybe second favorite game, uh, gave you a final boss fight that was really just a choice of yes or no after the the uh, the fight previous to it, and that's in Demon Souls, right? But that love that is
4: clear as to what was supposed to be done. You know what I mean? If 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 prayer wasn't an option until that last fight, so it was too hard for you. It, no, it was too unclear. Like. Because once you know what to do, that fight the, will never be hard. So do again. the
0: other obviously I haven't experienced it. So do the other attacks do damage? your yes. Attacks. They do. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing that is going to make you desperate is your health dropping, running out of healing. Yeah, I running think. out yes. of psi, And, and out Paula
4: of... could die before everybody. Like if she's the first person to die, you no longer can, and you're out of psi. There's nothing you can do.
2: Yeah, but so, Paula also has the only curative effect that isn't psi based. So if you are spent on everything else, Paula's right. the only character
1: that can potentially give you some HP back. That's right. actually how I figured out that you're supposed to pray. It's because I was out of Simon uh, for Pooh and Ness, and she was still yeah. alive. And I was like, I need some life, and I, and
4: Jeff's dead. So. <laughs> that is yeah. what happened with me, too. I, but it, the
0: and first that's the thing. The I game is doing clean. that
2: on purpose, in my opinion. I think it's doing it on purpose.
4: i
0: really like your description of it. That sounds, like you said, it's showing, not telling. It's putting you in that, it's making you that person, that that desperate. It is a good that, description. But it doesn't matter how strong you are. It's yeah. You still need help. You still can't do it on your own.
4: The problem is not everybody is going to figure that out. You know what I mean? Like,
0: Did you figure it, it out?
4: After I had already died the first time. <laughs> but you
2: figured it out.
4: And then I had to die the second time because I didn't find out until the very last <laughs> move. So what you're saying is you just die
0: twice? Yes, but it's every time hard. you get into a boss battle, you can't. I'm so it. upset with this game. It's too hard. I, I it took me three tries to beat this boss, the final boss of the game. Oh, no. so easy. <laughs> it should <laughs> have on. been. It should have been simpler. Hold on,
3: Toosen. <laughs> Calm down. <there. laughs> One the, thing too that I think with the final boss is like the whole. It doesn't necessarily have to be the hardest boss to make it a good boss fight. And the whole prayer, like bringing everybody together, um, it really like ties the story together nicely at the end, which like for me, that's what I'm looking for in a game like it, like the closure it gives you and just like the satisfaction of it. And Um, and this
4: is uh, I just realized all three of you liked it and all three of you knew what to do before it started. And I'm wondering if the problem is no, that Matt didn't. I, Matt, he didn't.
0: The first he told us the yeah. first time he played through. Yeah, he first, the it, first time it up, the he first time tip. I did for for Gaius.
4: and but like it's just I don't know. Final Fantasy two, Final Fantasy four, did it in a way that I appreciated because I got to experience it. You know, I just went into the fight. It's an epic fight. I'm battling. I'm doing my thing that I've done the entire game. And I end up dying, and I'm like, oh, crap. But then this same fact happens, but I didn't have to...
2: Here's a question, Final Fantasy IV. How did you unlock Zeromus' organ mode? Like, when he goes from the weird wisp to the organ mess thing that he he is in the the final confrontation, Um, you have to use a crystal. Right. And the only hint you have is before all the shit goes down... He really Calic likes you, these uh, crystals. Yeah. He just, he, yeah. It's, his it's, but it's his favorite thing. food. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, like, you, you get given this crystal
2: thing, which, you know, especially in the way Final Fantasy IV handled inventory, you could have thrown it, like, you could have dropped it, you could have equi- tried to true. equip it. Like... True. So the the only real indication I remember playing that fight when you know back in the day and having to look or not look up ask because you know game what of AQs was such a far flung thing at That's the time. That's
4: a good point. I don't remember but I, I I would have likely been in that same boat with just like I am with this game here. I probably had the exact same experience. Cuz you don't know
2: what to do with the crystal off. It's not intuitive that the crystal was something you'd use to turn the wispy uh, Zeromas into the weird organs, aromas.
4: Right. That's a good point. So maybe in time I will learn to love this fight the <laughs> way I do that one. You'll look back on it fondly.
1: I, I, I have one question that. that just popped up in my head. Uh, You're back in time and you're asking everyone to pray. So wouldn't <laughs> it be coming way too late and the world <laughs> fucked at that point? <laughs> that is a great point. Someone just
2: prayed. It's 8,000 it's, it's, years ago. It, it's a land of, of psychic magic, John. <laughs> I didn't even say Hey, I'm just right trying to poke some holes in this plot line
5: here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it collapses like a house of cards. <laughs> That's, that,
3: that was the that only plot, plot line hole, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was no, it. it. Mr. Saturn, they're real. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Here's the one that bothered me. Where did BuzzBuzz okay. Buzz keep the sound stone? He's a B. Oh, bee. shit. Good point. He's a B. Does he, he have b pockets? How big is the soundstone? Is it a little grain of sand? Like, tiny little... All right, maybe right. maybe
0: so- it's like the one ring and it adjusts to the size of the carrier.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, why <laughs> didn't he tell you to take the damn piece of meteorite while you were there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good point. Also, how come he's super strong, took out one of those giant starmen... But get killed by some uh, some Pokey lady with a huge off. smile. Smile. Why are smile. we fighting
2: the future that involves super strong telekinetic friendly buzz uh, bee people? I mean, frankly, that sounds like a future I want to be a part of. I wish <laughs> I was there now.
1: <laughs> why it. didn't Why didn't Poky's mom become part of your team? She's so strong. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: You've seen that smile. She shattered inside. <laughs>
3: <She's>... <laughs> Oh, I'm, so
4: I'm happy we had this discussion because I feel like I'm gonna look back on this, and this is a memorable boss fight. Like I, I can, there's no way you can say it isn't. And, and up to that point, like when you walk in to that that room, that intestine, weird <laughs> sort of, it's like you're you're essentially an a an abortion for this 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 creature. Uh, like that is very very memorable. And I think if I wasn't in such a rush to finish this for the club, I probably would have appreciated that fight even more. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think I'm gonna turn over uh, a new leaf for this fight. I think I think he got me convinced.
1: <laughs> Does anyone else have any uh, painful parts about the game that they didn't like? Then the Since music that fights not so bad.
0: <laughs> what? Get out of here! <laughs> oh man, I like the music. <laughs> man. It was. I don't know. I don't know what it's like after Tucson. Uh, maybe you know it gets better, but the the music for the first the first quarter of the game, it felt like was I couldn't stand it. My girlfriend actually wouldn't allow me to play with the sound on because she hated it that much.
1: That's why you didn't enjoy it because you had to turn it off. No one at one at no. two
2: some, one into some yeah the, the 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 theme for those two towns were annoyingly chipper and, and repetitive. Um, yeah, they get a little repetitive
4: there.
3: It's yeah. still it's still catchy as hell though. Yeah.
1: yeah. I really enjoy when you go to places that are kinda of like dark and like in the caves it's like has like the high pitch like Yeah. No. Yeah, just no.
4: ambient <laughs> the ambient noises.
0: The ambient noises are so great. Oh yeah man, I couldn't know. I'm I'm reading right now, uh P two in the Oatland here he noted the uh, must have uh been in the depths of uh the Metro Library, uh, finding out that Tanaka was the uh, the guy who did the soundtrack for this, and uh, yeah. he, he dropped the fucking ball. This was
2: oh. actually come on no. the cave. The cave music feels like it belongs in a Metroid game.
0: No, I would have to yeah, say that so when it comes committed. to Earthbound, he phoned that one in.
2: Oh, the Grey Hand Bus, oh. the totally not trademark infringing Grey Hand Bus, had the grooviest freaking tune. No,
1: I just or when you get into the uh hippie fights and they're like, nee, 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 Oh yeah, nee, it's like Johnny nee, be good nee, fight. Yeah, Johnny B Good. None of this yeah, is making yeah. me yeah. want to hear about it the more.
3: Spaceship with, um, <laughs> the Who. The Who song. <laughs> yes. When you're, when you're in yeah. the uh, little spaceship thing.
2: And the best was the oh, robots, because okay. that weird electron like it was always some kind of electronica anytime you hit a robot or alien uh, fight. Yeah, and it was actually like really good like House music. It was pretty well done for a 16-bit soundtrack, and of course, Guy Gas with the heavy metal, and then the ultra creepy staticky ambient sounds. Another
3: another thing I like is cool. Like you mentioned, like the like the hippies had like the Johnny B. Good. Every monster or like group of monsters all had their own song. Where if you look at like normal RPGs from that time, it's like the Overworld song, song. The monster fight song and then like the boss song it's like each one of these individual little characters get their own song which i thought was cool
2: and actually uh, not only the song but i liked how every type of monster creature or person had their own mannerisms so sometimes they wouldn't even attack you like the uh bats the the where he had like say that the drunken guy the drunken guy just stares off into the distance like that was yeah, an that's attack true. it's just something he did <laughs> that's
4: true like it sometimes sneak things like that
2: sometimes they sometimes he did stuff that doubled his attacks like uh, yep. the 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 drunken guy stumbles or tips or, uh, tips around and that makes you dizzy but in other times it was they were literally just doing something that fit that character the starman the starman is just standing guard the Starman yeah. is just you know being star man <laughs> they, they, they were you know funny little moments uh, and it was just so great especially the drunken guys the drunken guys are amazing <laughs> yeah I, the, uh, one, one of the, of the game, drunken guys attacks the drunken guy lectures you about the youth of
0: today <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> there was one theme. i think it was uh what was the desert town theme uh or desert town names. Scar Scarbera? Scar. Uh Scar, Scar-, 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 Scar-,
1: Scar- Scaraba Scaraba. Yeah.
4: That had a pretty horrible theme. I don't know if you guys remember that one. That uh, one was jarring.
2: That was pretty bad. They weren't all winners. <laughs> they weren't all winners, but no, uh, no. They, they there were an, an, a good number
4: of really good gems. There wasn't the catchy there. ones. No I deal. like
1: winners. Winners is a nice one.
4: Yep. Yeah, winners was pretty good. Kind of a Christmasy theme.
1: Yeah. My favorite aside from the Guy
2: Gas heavy metal track, because that was bitching, is probably Greyhand Bus and um the um <laughs> Grey Hand bus, jeez. <laughs> and uh and, and actually the spheres. The sound the the song that would play with the spheres.
4: Um there was one where uh it was one of the last spots. It um it actually has Ness's thoughts coming up in lights. What was that? Oh, shimmering.
3: Oh, that that that's like my favorite part of the whole game. Yeah, like, that was that one of
4: my most notable parts, and I love the so music. So cool! I love the graphics. Yeah, it was that was a really cool spot in the game.
2: And that's the first; it's the only part of the game where Ness is given a voice.
4: Huh? I never thought about it like that, but you're right. And, and you're wondering, like, what would he be thinking? What, what is he thinking? Yeah.
2: And and he's thinking like, what am I doing? What will I be doing? Am I gonna like? Am I gonna die doing this? Right. Like, it was this, this surprisingly somber inner, inner monologue. And uh, it's the only time you ever hear what Ness is saying, or thinking, rather.
4: Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite parts and, and stood out big time.
3: Yeah, it's just so cool and unique. And, like, anyone who hasn't played the game, it's, like, right near the end of the game. And you're in this cave, and you wander into this room, and there's this giant, like, LED kind of, like, scoreboard kind of yeah. thing that yeah. scrolls, kind of like a stock ticker.
1: Is that Lumen Hall? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: it. And it it just it's it says you know exactly what they've been saying about um just like it's his inner thoughts. It's so cool. It's just such a unique thing that I've never seen in a game up to that point and never seen in one after.
4: Yeah, that's a good form. Definitely stood out to me. Hmm. Um. Well, let's talk about the uh, the graphics, which were also certainly unique. Uh, P one. I'm gonna give you a chance to change because <laughs> uh, it's all pre-Tucson. So, so uh,
0: the the third uh, member of my trio of things that I disliked about Earthbound <laughs> is the graphics.
1: Don't do it. Harry. The uh
0: the Super Nintendo is a powerhouse. Um, it's uh, like. Secret of Evermore, Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy 2 and 3, Super R-Type, Act Actraiser, Killer Instinct, Donkey Kong Country. These games... All can't compare to Earthbound. <laughs> Amen! They are all beautiful then, and they're beautiful today. And Earthbound looks like it was scribbled together but It was like, bring your daughter to animation day. And they had some three-year-old put this... The faces are crooked... Like the buildings—it just looks like it was ha- drawn by a child. And don't—I don't, don't want to hear. Oh, it's part of the charm because you're a kid and it's the real. It looks like shit. When you go to the combat scenes, they don't even have backgrounds. They—they they were just—they were too lazy to even draw backgrounds of the like. Just give me a pre-rendered background for these fights. Nope, nope. We're gonna give you wavy lines because that's all we got left. <laughs> Oh, in all I
1: fairness, I can, I can see... Did you guys ever see those like animation studios you could buy? They had different ones like uh, Spider-Man and things like that. But you'd like make your own like kind of world or whatever. Somebody really made this in
0: Mario Paint, I swear. That's what I was like... going to
1: say. It's a combination of Mario Paint, that animation studio, and Color a Dinosaur.
0: Yeah, Nintendo had a contest <laughs> and they were like, uh, okay, we're going to pick... Uh, we want you to do the score for this on uh, the back of eight tin cans. And we want you to do all the graphics in Mario Paint. <laughs> And uh, somebody can go ahead and just throw together any old combat system. It doesn't matter what.
4: Now, next we're going to go to Maddie Jake because I don't think Riel has anything to say. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> I'll take I'll my turn, but oh boy. <laughs> I,
4: I mean, honestly, I
3: absolutely love it. I really do. From the very opening, when you are started, like the... You have a whole TV screen here, but we're only using, like, a little part of it, and that kind of scrolls, too, with it. Um, It's kind of like a comic book, almost, it makes it seem like. Um, I don't know. It's so I think, yes, they're definitely simplistic, but I don't think the graphics need to be, like, over the top and utilize everything the system has to offer to tell such a great story.
0: Their faces are crooked, Matt. I mean, it's,
3: <laughs> there's so many things that are crooked in this game, though.
0: That's, that's the best part. Um,
3: like, I, that, like I said before, it's not for everybody, and you know, it's either you're like all in on it or not. And uh, I think that is part of the all in on it because it just—I don't know. It's like it's like no other game. It really, it really isn't. It, and, and if they made it look like so, those games you mentioned, Secret of Mana illusion of gaia chrono trigger those are all great games all those games graphics look the exact same to me though you could take the character from secret of mana and put it into chrono trigger and chrono trigger is easily one of my favorite games so i'm not like not and i'm not knocking any of those games but i'm just saying every one of those games from that era you can take character a or place a and it's all interchangeable where Mm -hmm. this is just completely different are you saying that uh On those... top.
0: <laughs> That's when, Go ahead. are you really saying that you could just take any red-headed character and put him in chrono trigger or secret of mana or uh lufia i just say man he looks like uh
1: he looks like uh goku from dragon ball z <laughs> with the red hair all because... of
2: the curatoriuma's characters all
4: yeah <laughs> all right real oh boy
2: Oh, go ahead sorry oh sorry i just first i'm going to challenge the idea that a uh, the the scrolly background which would have involved algorithms and crazy math was easier than someone drawing a mountainside <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: whatever okay uh, it's, it's not everyone that would have liked personally i actually didn't mind the 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 wavy thing i don't think it was necessary ne- necessarily necessary but by removing the background he kind of allowed you to kind of substitute your own i don't know that would be a, a mild offense on that but the aesthetic of the game uh like like you mentioned if you're in a room you get this kind of comic bookish this frame is floating around the screen type look to it um there's so much little detail in there if, if you look because it was brighter it, because it was a bright game that wasn't attempting kind of the painted or photorealistic-ish look, um, it's easy to make something, especially when you deal with so little information. It's very easy to make something look more detailed by just making it darker. If you look at a, if you look at the sets, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up a FF4 again, and I'm gonna bring up FF6, which is FF6 is still my favorite RPG, so I'm not dissing FF6 here. <laughs> um, if you look at between the two of them, uh, Final Fantasy VI looks so much more detailed on the overworld. We're not going to deal with the, the battle backgrounds, but on the uh, like, just the maps look a lot more detailed than the maps on, say, Final Fantasy IV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the maps on Final Fantasy IV are a lot brighter. Uh, there's no shading. On, there's not as much shading on it. There's there's one or two tones of shading at most on, say, the bricks in a castle or anything of the sort, um, because. If you look at Final Fantasy VI, the tiles were shaded, so you had these varying levels of, like, if you had a brick, it'd be varying levels of dark gray to a lighter gray or dark brown to a lighter brown. And your color palette was pretty much stuck in the browns and grays and, and, and whatever, before all the FPSs made it cool, I guess. Uh, Final Fan- uh, uh, Earthbound was colorful. And when you deal with pixel art and colorful, the pixels stand out more as pixels. And you notice this on these demakes that you see online, and you see like the crazy. You look at, say, Scott Pilgrim that the, that came out. That was a an old school styled, uh, uh, retro. Uh, not retro city rampage. You, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, no, I'm going to need you to be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> River
2: City Ransom, something. Um, the it had you know the brighter pixels, but you you notice these are pixels. These are very pixelated things and because they're bright and they're low resolution. And that's what you get on Earthbound. They're bright and that kind of just makes the pixels more obvious. Um, But they did the the very best with them. And there is a lot of little detail in that game. There's little, there's houses that don't do anything. There's cities that are constructed a lot larger than they have to be. There's, um, you know, I don't know. I actually found aesthetically, this game was a really well-needed cup of bright water. Like, it just, it was colorful. There was definitely effort put into it. Um, As much as the buildings, you mentioned the buildings look like Mario Paint, some of the buildings look alike, definitely, especially some of the filler buildings look alike. But every hotel looked different. Every pharmacy looked different. Every department store looked different. On the outside, on the inside, they all pretty much look alike, but... They all look different. There was someone crafted that building. and the town you could tell was crafted, while there were definitely tiles in use like any RPG or any game that had to have large maps were in place, there was definitely a lot of handcrafted visual on this map. Um, and it was just there was a lot of care put into that. Um, so I, I actually I actually found that the graphics were really good, um, especially for the time. Uh, they just weren't as gritty or photoreal as other entries. They didn't try to pretend to be a painted matte painting or anything. They just they they were cartoons. They were little cartoons, and I dare you to take any picture of any town from Earthbound, and compare it to any of the retroized pixel art that you see artists doing now with MS Paint, and tell me that Earthbound wouldn't be held on a huge pedestal, uh, next to some of those creations.
1: The the thing the way I look at it too is take a look at uh, how Wind Waker is taken in and like the Zelda series. And that's how I look at it as being like the modern version of how earthbound was set. It's mm-hmm. like, there was lots of RPGs that were the, the darker art styles and the more realistic. And then they had Wind Waker, which is like a cartoon game. And that's how I kind of feel it fits into it. Um, Cause earthbound is kind of more cartoony than those other ones too. And with those bright colors, I, I, it needed to be bright colors because the rest of the game was kind of upbeat with the music and the tone, the way everything was set. And uh, if it was a darker kind of style game, it just wouldn't have gone
0: together. I'm not arguing that it should have been darker. I'm all for mm-hmm. colors and brightness, but their faces are crooked. <laughs> <laughs> the only My guy face is a little crooked to work with. I'm I'm looking at a, a <laughs> I'm tweeting a picture of Earthbound face right now. <laughs> 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 actually, I don't know uh, what
1: your problem with crooked faces. is.
4: <laughs> what, uh, what did you guys think of the photographer? Also, speaking of graphics and 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 the like, band? and it's not sorry, that it's
1: not drives me crazy. I hate that part of the game. Yeah, I get don't get understand headphones. what the purpose is. People go through and they're like, I got every picture. I'm like, whoop de doo It was achievements before there were
2: achievements, but I don't like achievements, so I didn't really like the photographer either. To be honest, I, I love realize... me some chivos, but who
1: cares? <laughs> I didn't
4: realize that th- there were points. That you could go to to get more pictures. I thought they were just part of the storyline. Like they just took it as you went along. Oh, and for no, example, there's
2: a bunch of hidden up, ones. Like uh-huh. if you walk the bridge outside of Foreside, which normally you would have taken a bus or teleported to, right? Uh, it's hard I just
4: sure. walked it. Yeah. I did. But he I actually
1: went over if if by the waterfall the to get into uh, Master uh, Belge's place. Yeah. Yeah. You huh.
2: actually like, do it too when the game ends. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, like again, anyone who hasn't played through the game, when you finish the game yeah you have to escort Paula back so you can either escort her to your house or you can escort her to her house um but you have to escort her back and the world is open at this point even after you drop her off if you decide to drop her off at her house um, the world is completely wide open to you there's no more enemies, but you can go well, there's one glitchy I guess there's one glitch of an enemy left uh, but the world, you can just go anywhere you want, do whatever you want. And all of the NPCs, just to show the crazy amount of detail they put in this game, all the NPCs have end of game dialogue. Yeah. All of them.
4: Yeah. I thought that was yeah. pretty. Actually, I thought the, uh, the photographs at the end was pretty cool, too. A good way to end out the game, I thought, too. Yeah. But I, did, I didn't realize that you could collect more. I think that's pretty neat, too. I had a different uh, opinion about the
3: photographs than. You guys. I liked them for the fact that uh again, the first time I played through it was with my kids watching yeah. pretty much I the did whole too. time. And they loved it. Like the fuzzy <laughs> pickles thing. Like fuzzy the pickles. Phone, yeah. Like he, they would freak yep. out about it. So <laughs> it um just like their reaction, I guess, is like that's like the memory I'm linking with like the there fuzzy pickles there. guy. <laughs> is there them being so pumped about like the fuzzy pickles thing. And they'll still like sometimes even say fuzzy pickles like
4: years later now. <laughs> yeah. I great. definitely didn't mind it. And I, I the whole game I was wondering when is this gonna come to play? And then when I seen them at the end, I was I was pretty happy. <laughs> what
1: I just always thought it was kind of funny because Ness is the only one that's like
4: Yeah, yeah. And everyone else is
1: just like super like straight face, like they're like, What the fuck, Ness? <laughs> Why are you <laughs> was... letting this guy do this? <laughs>
2: it was the photo bombing.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I have one of the pictures that, that took was uh, an NPC walked right in front of Ness. No, so was, there's like a photo-bombed character in front of my photo. That's
5: funny. <laughs>
0: Alright, if you're listening to this podcast, don't Google Earthbound faces because they're all fucking straight on in these pictures and they look decent. See, you gotta I, play the I, game, see, watch Where's the characters this? walk, their faces are crooked. Faces. Stupid still photos, not backing up my argument. There, there are worse <laughs> things to <that> accidentally <laughs> find on the internet. That's true. Yeah, if you listen to Retro Fandango, you might have googled Blumpkin by mistake. <laughs> Don't what? Google that. Uh, the last episode J Rock was on.
1: Oh, okay. They talk about Blumpkin. Isn't Blumpkin when you? Yeah,
0: mind. yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs>
4: yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, um. So that's yeah. the graphics. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. I guess we could talk a bit about our lasting impressions and our overall thoughts. I think I know everybody's here, but P1, yeah. what was your overall thoughts of the game, and would you recommend this to anybody who hasn't played it before?
0: Earthbound the Cart, as a collector and a retro gamer, goes for in the range of $150 to $200, um, depending on the time of the month, I guess. <laughs>
1: There's a week where it just kind of gets moody and no one wants it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, uh,
0: I don't think it is worth that price tag. Um, for a 200, for a game to be $200, it would have to be, for me, universally enjoyed by everyone who plays it and not have such a huge dividing line like Earthbound does, clearly. Um, however, if you own a Wii U and you can get it for $10 in the eShop, it is definitely worth $10. Even only getting to the end of picking up Paula and then bringing her back to whatever town it was I got her in, um, (laughs) that was still worth $10 to me. To have played a game that is so polarizing in the gaming community for the price of $10 on hardware, not maybe that not hardware that it was designed for, but hardware that is closer to what it was designed for than an emulator, it's worth that. Uh, am I going to play it again? Not likely. Uh, although, listen, you guys talk about it. It did, it did make me want to try it more um, to give it another go. Like, maybe it was just me. Uh, am good. I going to recommend it to anybody? Probably not. <laughs> i could have guessed that <laughs> all right real um so
2: i started off uh, earlier saying i was worried that a lot of what i was remembering about it was rose tinted like nostalgia goggles mm-hmm. um and that i'd start playing it and realize this was a turd um but In reality, no, I actually ended up enjoying it more than I remember enjoying it. And I think a lot of that was the humor was there's a lot of the humor that probably went over my head back then. And there's a lot of little touches that I didn't appreciate back then. And in the 90s, everyone wanted extreme pouches, big, muscly people. And and Earthbound certainly did not fit that 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 mold. Um, And but no, like now I can definitely appreciate a lot more of the effort that was put in. I can appreciate the visuals more. uh, And um, I would say I would definitely recommend this to anyone who likes JRPGs to an extent. Um, I think there's a caveat there. If, if, you like, if you like Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, because mm-hmm. I find even Final Fantasy, there are Final Fantasy players that don't like Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, and this True. borrows more from Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior. True. Um, I think anyone who wants a unique RPG experience, this definitely qualifies um and its overall aesthetic makes any time that the game ventures more into serious territory that much more impactful everything from the the, the Luma, luminous hall or whatever it's called and and, and gygas like these little moments that are actually so much more serious stand out so much just because of all the cheer um again would i pay 150 200 for the cart Unless you're really a SNES cart collector, probably not. I, I do think it's overvalued um, for, for the, the cost of the cart. Virtual console, definitely. I would, I would definitely recommend consoling it. Um, and yeah, that's my opinions.
4: Right on. Yeah, I think you summed that up. And, I, and I'm really happy that, uh, that we all got to talk because I'm looking forward to actually playing this again in the future and seeing if I appreciate it more when I can sit down and take my time with it because playing through it, I, I, definitely, uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was sort of in the middle, but, uh, I'm looking forward to playing it again. And, uh, with renewed hope, I guess you could say <laughs> Maddie J mania. How about you, buddy?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. With what you said, P two as well, it's kind of one of those games where on, on additional playthroughs, um, you find more stuff too. It's not really like a game. You just want right. to try to rush through to get to the end. So right. the replay value on it's pretty high, but um, I love it. I think it's uh, an amazing game. I like it's that it's super unique. It is easily, uh, whenever someone asks me what my favorite game ever of all time is, I always tell them it's three, it's earthbound Chrono trigger and link to the past and mm. no particular order. That's just what it is, you know? And, if, um, but I, de- I definitely understand it's not for everybody um but i am just absolutely in love with the game i think it's uh, uh amazing and unique um i like that there's i like that that there's really nothing like it so um yeah i would i would strongly recommend trying it for everybody um i would not go out and buy a cartridge of earthbound just with hopes um <laughs> that it's going to be good cuz right it is pricey. <laughs> you might be disappointed. Um, but virtual console is a great way, as they said. Um, actually, I know, like, you know, cl- the Club Nintendo is closing down, and you could get it right now, I believe, for, like, 300 coins, something oh, like really? that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good games on there. But, uh, you know, if you're looking to spend some extra coins, you're not going to go wrong spending 300 coins on EarthBound or 10 bucks. Um, and if you don't like it, it's 10 bucks, you know, but it honestly, you could, it could be the best 10 bucks you ever spent.
4: So I love it. And, uh, and you, and you, you made a good point that I wanted to bring up and that is to thank P one. Cause he's the reason I own this game. Um, <laughs> he, he actually, I dug it out of his trash can. He, he, uh... Okay. So now, uh, a man who I know loves earthbound, John, NES Payne. Uh, let's get your overall thoughts. And would you recommend this to somebody who hasn't played it?
1: Uh, the game is amazing in every way. There's really not much I dislike about it. Um, apart from that stupid spot where you have to learn how to use teleport, and uh, <laughs> we have to like go through and get all the different items back and forth. But other than that, oh, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, that 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 was terrible. Only two characters, and it, it was just no item space. But right. um, man, I would recommend it to pretty much anyone who is interested in JRPGs if they haven't played it. What's stopping you? There's so many ways to play it in terms of how to play it. If you haven't played it before, don't spend the money on the cartridge. Only buy the cartridge if you're a hardcore collector. Um, other than that, it's just ridiculous. You're giving money to resellers uh, or people parting out their collections. In terms of the Wii U, don't go out and buy a Wii U to play it. If you have a Wii U, spend the 10 bucks and buy it. And I'm going to say this, and if anyone knows me, knows I'm not a fan of emulation in any sort of way, emulate the damn game because it's 200 bucks and it's not that <laughs> rare.
4: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: It, 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 it's artificially inflated because the people that own it don't want to get rid of it. Um, yeah, it's, there's so many ways to play it and you're not really hurting anybody at this point. The game, they haven't made it new since 96 or whatever. And if you don't have a Wii U and you don't plan on buying one, that's pretty much your only way to do it. So That's what I'd recommend. Uh, if if you played the game and you like it, go buy it. It's awesome. So
0: I agree with John on the anti-emulation for the most part. Um, so John, could I borrow your little Samson? I want to play it in my RetroN 5.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <I> okay. <laughs> Just know I'm going to Keep your credit card number on file. If comes back order <laughs> <damage
0: it. laughs> oh, the pins all ripped out from those teeth. <laughs> oh man!
1: It actually it broke a cartridge. I, I when I took apart my console, uh, my Retron Five, there's pieces of cart floating around inside of it too. What? Yeah.
4: Oh man. I'm not,
1: I'm not sure what game it was. It wasn't an insanely rare one, but it was one that it was definitely wasn't cheap. Could you it's imagine probably- if it was your uh,
3: Little Samson or uh, yeah, Dinosaur it, it- Peak? <laughs>
1: oh man, I'd cry. Yeah, I would, I'd <laughs> well, be so but- sad. That's why yeah.
3: I, I don't I don't use that stuff. The Retron <laughs> three did that to one of my games, and I will never put my valuable carts into like third party hardware again.
1: I, I don't <laughs> mind using Retron one. The, the the pins are nice and soft, but the uh, the three and the five are I uh, they have to get the NES death grip. I pretty much feel like I'm breaking the console every time I try to take the cartridge out. So Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. But yeah, overall overall I would I would highly recommend the game to Every single person out there. If you're new to RPGs, it's a good way to start off. And uh, if you're an RPG veteran, it might be a little slow for you starting out. But other than that, it's it's definitely good. Really good storyline. It's more of an experience than it is a game. So
5: hmm. good
0: way to look at it. That's uh, that's the thoughts of our three guests. But uh, the five of us were by no means uh, the only people who played along this month. Right. So uh, we're gonna turn P2 over to the forums. He's gonna give us a quick overview of some of the people we had on there, and then I'll cover Twitter.
4: All right. Uh, yeah, we didn't have as many people as normal. Mm. Uh, I think that's because it was an RPG in the shortest month of the year. Who keeps doing I that? I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of our uh, our tradition now. Next year we're doing Skyrim.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. We'll see. We'll, we'll see.
4: <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had Dean playing. Dean playing around. This is his first time through, and he uh, seems like he's really enjoying it. Uh, Duke made a comment about how he doesn't like it and doesn't like RPGs in general, but his son really likes it and doesn't understand why his dad doesn't like it. So kind of conflict, uh, conflict over there in the uh, retro nonsense house. Um is playing through. Um, she played through it originally uh, about 15 years ago, but she said she's playing it through now and she's uh, picking it back up and loving it again. Uh, Yoshi Knuckles isn't playing through, but says he loves the game. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a little upset that he couldn't play. <laughs> uh, we have Matty J Mania playing through. Yeah, you
0: don't got to mention them. They're on the show. <laughs> he's <here. laughs> I'm right <in. laughs> he,
4: he's, sit, he's sitting here. You uh, heard me he, the last two hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: You, you guys might know him. Uh, Enzi's playing through. He, he wasn't going to get a chance to until later in the month, though. Uh, Canadian Retro is playing through. Rocket Sauce. Um. Yeah, wow. Holy cow. Long shot. Quite a few people playing through. Really, Lukeman he put up his side booty post. Um, <laughs> J Rock isn't playing, though he loves he loves the club. He says, but he just doesn't have the time for Earthbound this month, which is understandable. Understandable. Um, Cartridge Canuck, he uh, he isn't a big fan of RPGs. He says he's he, he's looking for suggestions for uh, uh, a newbie to RPGs. So, would you guys say this is a good one to start with?
0: No. No, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I'm gonna say no P1's over there. Like, uh, I suggest Mystic Quest.
0: I was gonna suggest <laughs> Mystic Quest,
1: motherfucker.
3: <laughs> oh, God. I, don't know.
4: I would suggest Chrono Trigger. Uh, yeah, Chrono Trigger is a good one. Final Fantasy 4 is a good one, too.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good hate, ones to start
4: with. Man, I hate Final Fantasy 4.
0: What? Uh, I'm after this podcast is over, I'm driving over to your host and I'm punching you in the nose.
4: <laughs> <laughs> If you want, we can just keep him here. I want to see it come on this video. <laughs> Uh-oh. <Yeah. laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Fitnat was playing around a bit. Uh, Kevin. Uh, actually, let me read this. Did he actually play it?
0: Uh, I don't think he did.
4: No, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, but and he uh... doesn't seem like he's a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> said, said he mostly enjoyed two-thirds of it, so. The, the two-thirds of it that he played, so. That's that's enough.
2: <laughs> More than P uh,
4: yeah. one. Oh.
2: <laughs> so uh,
0: from Twitter, uh, my favorite tweet actually is from uh, Barry Don Myers, and he was uh, nice enough to point out that uh, thanks to the Cartridge Club, uh, that Earthbound is uh, the top Wii U eShop uh, game for the month. Of... <laughs> I'm not even kidding. There's a I retweeted it. There's a link here, vgcharts.com, and uh, Earthbound is the uh, in Super Mario World, they topped the Wii U uh, eShop for February. Oh, am not at that? Because
1: they're giving away, giving away for 300 coins. <laughs> Listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, the Donovan Viper played about, played along, and I believe it was his first time playing. Uh, I'm not sure how far he got. There's the picture of the uh, start new game screen, and then nothing else. So maybe probably, probably about as far as I did. Yeah, but uh, anybody who wants to join in, you want to read the forms, you want to get involved, uh, you can do that where, Player 2?
4: I think they're at www.cartridgebros.ca.
0: Yeah, that's exactly where. And uh, you can go there (laughs) and you can see uh, old episodes of the podcast. You can catch up on some Retro Fandango. You can get on the forms. Uh, You can comment on older episodes. There's nothing that says uh, you can't go and uh, comment on a link to the past if you really enjoyed that one. Uh, if it's a game you want to talk about, and uh, it, it's a pretty active spot, and it's only getting more active. So get in now while it's still free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you can also see what games are coming up there. And uh, for example, you could find out that next month's game is going to be uh, Beautiful Joe on the GameCube. Yeah, awesome. Looking forward to playing that. My first time. Yeah, mine it's as really well. Fun. It's really fun it, uh, I'm a big fan of Platinum and Clover Who Eventually birthed Platinum I guess um, And uh, so I'm really looking forward to playing I enjoyed the Wonderful 101 And I uh, I get the same sort of vibe From Beautiful Joe So I'm looking forward to diving into that And we have three fantastic guests Lined up Unlike this month I'm not on next
1: month <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: because I don't have a podcast To <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Go.
0: <laughs> so uh that's it folks. That's Earthbound. Uh four Yes, one nay. You know, I guess it pretty much sums up the uh the history of Earthbound, because when it came out it was a raging success. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it must have been. There were stacks and stacks of the games everywhere in nine ninety nine. That's
0: right, they had so many. Back, that's you
1: know, the, the ultra greatest hits price right there.
0: That's what happened. Everybody who wonders now when when Nintendo limited editions are actually limited and you can't get them all, that's why. <laughs> that is, it's 100% true. That yeah. is
1: exactly why. <laughs> they got burned.
0: They said, these are going to sell like hotcakes. It's a limited edition. We'll sell tons of them. Make make a bunch. And then nobody bought them. And Nintendo was like, fuck you, fans. You don't want to buy them? just We'll right. just
2: get Mario's and 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 Zelda's for the yeah. rest of the other twenty years.
0: Yeah, like but that's collect- all people ask for anyway, so <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, like collector's editions. Here's eight. Fight for them. <laughs> here's Dyn- Here's Dynasty
1: Warriors. Yeah, you know what? You better jam some Zelda characters in that or that's never going (laughs) to sell.
0: It wouldn't have. Hyrule Wars
2: is probably, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's the biggest selling Dynasty Warriors-ish game ever. Just because it's got Zelda smacked onto it. It's actually a lot of fun.
0: I really enjoy Hyrule Warriors. (laughs) I I liked it too. It's it's just fun. I like
2: Dynasty Warriors and the Zelda thing was just fun on top of it. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: So see, uh, your, both of your opinions are not always bullshit, like your uh, thoughts on Earth. <laughs>
2: I'm trying to hit you with science right now.
0: <laughs> you blinded me with science! <laughs> but uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank our three guests for coming here tonight. Um, it's unusual that we record through the week, but due to my work and P2's work schedule, we, uh, we're forced to do it, so gentlemen, thank you for making time for us tonight. And uh, I'm going to give each one of you an opportunity to plug your respective uh, locations where you can be found on social medias and in the verse. So we'll start with you, Strawberry Payne. Why don't you let everybody know one last time where they can find you?
1: Yeah, again, you can find me at N-E-S Pain, and that's P-A-Y-N-E, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also find me with my two NARC co-hosts, Rip and Chris, on uh, at N-A-R-C podcast, and that's on Twitter and Instagram too.
0: Definitely check them out. That uh, it is one of the better podcasts that I listen to, um, including this one. You mean you mean the best? Uh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I also listen to the CU podcast. Yeah, that's
1: fair. <laughs> They're way better than us. Whatever. Uh,
0: Royale, thank you for taking time to join us tonight and let uh, let everybody know where they can see your uh, political ramblings. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm on Twitter at at R E A L Y S T. Realist with a Y. Why not two K? Uh, Surrealist 2K. Warning, I whiplash really quick between politics, science, and video games. So if yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mess, but I, I do it as a hobby. Um, and anyone who wants to know what my playthrough thing on Earthbound is, if you go to storify.com slash realist2k, uh, there's just some random rambling and comedy I was doing as I was playing the game.
0: Thank you again for being here. Um, Thanks for having me, and I'm sure I'll see you probably the next day or so at the uh, the only local game store. <laughs> I work tomorrow. Come in and see me. I will come in and see you. I'm jealous. And, time. I'll make sure to be there. Um, yeah. we'll figure it out right after I say uh, thank you to Mr. Matty J Mania. Um, I really appreciate you uh, coming here, Matt. Uh, first time on the show, and uh, it was a blast. I've uh, I don't think we've recorded with anybody using a uh, rock band mic before.
3: Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs>
0: It's uh, surprisingly efficient.
3: It sounds fantastic. (laughs) If you back up too much, it's not that good. But
0: (laughs) so uh, yeah, let our listeners know where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you to send you that uh, that uh, last remaining licensed game that you need.
3: Oh yeah, Nobongas ambition too. Send it my way. (laughs) Um, It's my uh, YouTube channel is Matty J Mania. It's M A T T Y J Mania. M A N I A. Um, mostly do pickups and game hunting videos and um, that's also my Twitter handle my Facebook name is that don't tell Facebook that's not my real last name <laughs> um, yeah and uh, I'm also uh, very active in. I'm from Pittsburgh so there's Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Facebook group so very active there too so you, we welcome anyone not e- from all over the country so you can check it out it's
0: Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Are you a Steelers fan?
3: I am a huge Steelers fan, season nice. ticket holder.
0: Nice, oh, nice. I, uh, I'm a Dolphins fan myself, but I've always had a lot of love for Pittsburgh and their style of play.
3: So... I've always had a lot of love for Dolphins because of Dan Marino. Oh no, from, from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Okay. yeah. So huh. mu- mutual love, lot of lot of mutual football. love. You're here. coming back on
0: the show. All right, I'd <laughs> love to be back. <laughs> I don't know about uh, John. Uh... I, I, like, I like
4: sports. <laughs>
0: yeah john can you name three quick john if you can name three quentin tarantino movies i will happily have you back on the show
1: uh kill bill one kill bill two (laughs) that doesn't count (laughs) (laughs) Um, machete no that's not (laughs) that's (laughs) robert rodriguez all right it wasn't isn't there a preview for the beginning of kill bill though
0: uh, no, there's a preview for it at the beginning of Death Proof, it's one of the fake previews. That's
1: what it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, for some reason, I thought I, well, that's all I got. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, <laughs> we're saying good night to John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so happy I
3: was on John's last show.
0: <laughs> all right, player two, uh, do you have anything before I turn it over to our guests to carry us home? No, just uh, thanks for the cart in case that got cut out earlier. No, we got that, uh, that I gave you Earthbound. And uh, you <laughs> have given me years of uh, years of love as my, my little brother. I'm going to give you
4: two and a half hours of this podcast to edit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, folks, uh, if you've listened to the show before, you know we do not script endings. So one of you three fine gentlemen will have to be creative starting now.